2: Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Venture Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. We are here, episode 50. Before we get started, we have a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100. Never expire and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier With Restaurant.com, used for dine-in, takeout, or delivery, Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. Restaurant.com, the best deal every meal. Man, super excited to bring you this episode today, number 50. I'm 50, 50 years old. Maybe some of you get the Molly Shannon reference from SNL when she used to do that character. 50 episodes in, really excited to be doing this show still. When I first started, I had no idea how many I would do or how far this would go. And I got into 50, and I can't wait to do another 50. So shout out to everybody who's been on here and has helped me put this thing together. Appreciate everybody who listens, reposts. Big up to all of you. Definitely, definitely helped make this thing what it is. So I appreciate it. Want to give a shout out to Vincent M. Ward, who was on the last episode. Really had a great time talking to him about The Walking Dead and things he's done. And The Walking Dead comes back this coming Sunday. So we finally get to see that last episode that we didn't get to see for season 10. Today's episode, we have a return, a reinvasion. Is that a word? I think so. Uh, From Griffin Scorsese, they were on episode 44. And if you did not listen to that one, please go back and check it out. But they're on this episode again. Don't have a lot of repeat guests, but they are one of the few. So shout out to Griffin Scorsese. They will be on this episode. We're going to play two remixes from their new album, Midnight Express. Another track off of that album as well. Definitely, definitely check out this episode. I'm really excited to talk to these guys. We break down the album track for track. Talk about the the cover art and the whole idea behind the Midnight Express So really excited to bring this episode to you guys and listen to some new hip-hop. There's a lot of good music out there. I just got in the mail the new Public Enemy album. I got Paris coming. I'm going to review those on the next episode. I haven't played them yet, so I want to play them first before I start talking about them. I'm really excited to hear this new Public Enemy, man. We need this kind of music during this time. Uh, Do I do it? Do I do it? I I, kind of don't want to do it, but all right, I'll do it for a couple minutes here. Um, The debate was uh, last night as I'm recording this, the debacle. And uh, I really don't want to talk about it because, first of all, I don't like talking about that orange clown. I try to avoid him on here because I like to be at peace and have serenity on this show because it's not about that. I don't like to talk about things that I hate. But anyway, uh, it's hard for me to, to do this and not at least acknowledge that mess yesterday. What a clown. I must have yelled shut the fuck up at least 30 times to the TV at Trump this has nothing to do with how Joe Biden was on the debate stage he what is he supposed to do some orange jackass is just bullying you and abusing you the whole night screaming and yelling like a lunatic what is he supposed to do I wanted him to walk over and punch him in the face I, I really did I, I at least that's what I wanted to do uh, we called him a clown he told him to shut up man a couple times and I, I applaud him for that and big up to Joe but yeah that that was just crazy if I'm him you're supposed to do two more of these, by the way. If I'm Joe, I'm seriously thinking about saying, you know, I, I can't do this. You, you guys need to put a, a kill switch on this guy's mic or something. I, I, can't, I can't do this job, do this with this idiot talking. It's impossible. Wow. I'd rather watch Fast and the Furious, which I've never seen, by the way. because I don't want to. I think I'd rather watch one of those or two of those or three of those than sit through another one of these. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. My wife left the room because she saw how mad I was. She couldn't take it. And she saw five minutes, when she said, that's enough. I can't do this. And she went and did something more entertaining. I think she went through some clothes. That sounds a lot more entertaining than watching Donald Trump speak. What a clown. He couldn't even denounce white supremacy. And not only did he not do that, he gave them a slogan and basically told them to get ready. Listen, if you're one of these people that's like, I'm undecided. First of all, I don't know how you could be undecided at all even before yesterday, but even after that, you're still like, I'm not sure. Are you really? Are you really not sure? It's normalcy versus a lunatic. I don't know what there is to pick. It's ridiculous. Here, I'm going to quote my man George Carlin. Stay home. Stay home. Honestly, if you really don't know what to do, if you're not sure, or actually, if you want to vote for Trump, I say stay home. Don't vote, please. Just, Just stay home. Complain about Joe Biden's presidency when he wins. Please, just don't come. Just stay home please. We don't, we don't need you. What a joke. I can't take this. I, man, I have so many things I want to say, but I don't. I just want to get into this show and talk about <laughs> Midnight Express and Griffith Scorsese. Oh, God, this guy just crawls under my skin and just stays there for a while. I can't stand it. How could anybody be down with this guy? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. There's two more of these. It's, it's, I don't even think I can watch one. I really don't. Joe, just talk to the camera. Tell the American people what you want to hear. Just pretend like that dude is not. I know that it's impossible to do, but man, just there's got to be a way. God, I can't wait for this guy to go. You're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. I've I got to stop. I can't do the Trump stuff anymore. Uh, Infinite Banter Podcast. Find the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. Facebook, Infinite Banter Podcast. Look us up on Instagram as well, Infinite Banter Podcast. Go to YouTube. Find clips from the show. Just search Infinite Banter. And you can listen to the show on all digital platforms. So find us there. All right. DMC, please get me out of this, this Trump hole. I don't want to talk about this clown anymore. Griffin Scorsese on the other side. New music. New album. Talking about all that yo dmc the legend the king let them know what they're listening to
3: yo yo what's up this is me dmc the k-i-n-g the greatest mc in history and right now you're listening to infinite banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be IB infinite banter
2: pins and needles needles and pins a happy man is a man that grins anybody who watches the honeymooners knows that Line, that scene from a classic episode where Ralph and Alice are trying to get past emotions that were bothering them. So that's what I have to do to get this Trump stank off of me. Ugh. I hate this motherfucker. This dude. Oh, man. All right. Griffin Scorsese, producer Griff, MC, Scorsese Lord Jones. They came on the show before they're on again. Talk about the new album, Midnight Express. And we're going to play a couple songs in this podcast. If you stick through the whole thing, there's two remixes that I'm going to play later on. These remixes are just ill as hell. Stay tuned for later on in the podcast. We will play two remixes from songs off of the Midnight Express album. But right now, let's play one of my favorite songs off of there. It's called Survivor Series 92. Got some Undertaker, Kamala references in there, some audio from that coffin match they had at Survivor Series. One of my favorite joints off the album. This right here is just straight heat. Griffin Scorsese, Survivor Series 92 on the Infinite Banter podcast. On the other side of this song, we're going to talk to both of them.
3: i good like the Simpsons, what? we victims of the system, or are we just the symptoms? We the virus or the cure. What a rolls like Shakur in the shit, no manore. We a rose filling coarse. But of course, we got a war. what It's deep space nine with a rhyme. We station so far away from victory. Almost like we run twice as hard for an inch. Let us breathe fuck the prayers in the mayor. Yes. Kamala, she a problem. She a problem. Lesser of two evils. <laughs> you gotta vote for King of Kodos. The stranger in the phone fo- Photos. Going insane over voters. We getting chained over choices. Putting rings over voices. You getting brighter Whether stallion or Philly Word to McMillie Turn noodles to more noodles. Can't afford lobster. A monster. Pull your card like Kanasta. Stand before the judge like Bob Costas with twin blocks. Uganda giant is out. this grand occasion, running rides with the nation of domination. Farrakhan shivers aside the nation of the waffle roof was the alpha, the rock
4: was undercover
3: Coming to America, Kofi was the headpiece, deepest and blackest. My crown was Archimedes. Triple, the tag team punch around the merry-go. Bow down a gold, me shack, shadrack, a bendigo. Bracket unfavored, like Kurt Angle, drawn one. Ed lover, come on, son. The roots of undone done. Management, hybrid, Brainiac, and Bob Heaney couldn't trust. Virgil skims off the top easy. Fuck a blue meanie, too many plots. How is that? Triple H sledge, tuck under sleeves Forget back. Black Power, Bigelow busting out that brothel. The series been survived. We speak for the apostles. Oh Look at the size of the Man vincent m ward aka oscar from the number one show the walking dead and i'm here with my man mark from infinite banter y'all better stay tuned peace
2: just a quick note you're listening to the infinite banter podcast by the way i'm mark Jolliffe aka dj soundwave quick note here griff called in a little late so i started the interview with scorsese for about three or four minutes before griff joined us so it's a little unorthodox but uh we were talking about some good stuff at the beginning and i wanted to keep it in here in the podcast so those are interested in buying the midnight express album listening to it we talk about the album and it's really uh important to keep that in there so it's me and Scorsese to start Griff will join a few minutes in and just kick back and relax we talk about this album in depth and we're gonna play a couple remixes at the end of the interview here so here we are Griffin Scorsese on the infinite banter podcast Scorsese kicks it off first I got the cd last week and of course you know publicist sent me the uh the link man it's been mm-hmm. like a month already so yeah I've heard it I don't know how many times I've played the whole album in in, in its entirety, but yeah, man, it's it's dope, dude. There's no, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're talking to me right now, but there's no songs that you go, ah, I could skip this one, you right. know, That that's, that's important because you know a lot of days it's just like two or three songs and the rest is just filler.
5: That's literally like what I wanted to hear. The pressure, of course, is like, okay, it's only. I told Griff, I was like, I don't want to go. I didn't want the album to be longer than 30 minutes, and I didn't want to do any more than 10 songs max. Right. You know, we got to the point once we got to 9, I was like, dude, this is perfect. Everything flows together perfectly. You you understand the unifying message. Um there's enough variety in the type of songs and most importantly like every single person on the project brought their A game, man
2: yeah they all like, killed it. they all killed it and, and the cool thing is too like you're right the thirty minutes is the right amount of time because how many double albums we've heard in our lifetime, you know, I'd skip through a lot of those tracks. I don't care how good the whole as as a whole they might be you can't play all of them. I don't have that I don't have the time I don't have that kind, yeah. of, I don't have that kind of time to listen to a 90 minute album like I really don't
5: <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's it, right? Like I felt like if this album is a nice twenty, like I said, I think it, it clocks in even if if you added the the CD only exclusive, right? Like the debt, the extra debt level. Right. It literally clocks in right at like twenty five minutes.
2: That's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. I could absorb the songs more because I feel like there's songs that I'm hearing them the third, fourth time. Like Bobby is like really catching me. You know, obviously mm-hmm. with what's going on has a lot of feeling too, but yeah definitely definitely rings true
5: and that's what's crazy. everybody i know i i like you know i love them all and that was the one that like really caught me everybody saying yo bobby seals is that fucking song like, yeah. i love fucking Bobby, and i was like yeah. whoa really right like alaska alaska texted me this morning and he was just like yo that he said that in out outline he said that's that fucking line is incredible. And I was like like to hear that from Alaska fucking Adams.
6: <laughs> <laughs> like, there it is. Like,
5: that made my whole day. Like oh, to yeah. hear somebody that ill say, Yo, that line is fucking incredible. And just telling me over and over, like, yo, dude, you killed it every one of these
2: songs like i said there's no skip throughs i mean there's a couple that kind of catch up you know after you hear them a couple times they sneak up on you like man i, I don't want to say it now I, I mean i will but I'll, I'll save it for later also but death of smoky mountain is that one that i think is a sleeper joint on here mm-hmm. i mean i'm kind of biased because i heard three of these songs before so soon and they all right. they're all right in a row so like that left the marvel joint the camp low like oh, i already know them songs backwards or forwards yeah. so you know i can you know just just relax and have them in the background but the other ones i i'm trying to like obviously for this reason because we're doing this I wanted to pay a little more closer attention to but yeah I'll right. mention that when we really get started official but that the Smoky Mountain might be that sleeper joint
5: Zella hit me up about that song and he was like yo who is this dude Asir
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> and, I,
5: and it's funny so Asir um, I only ran into him because he was working he did a song with my producer Panels so the guy who did East had the Polo Boys with me and he just happened to retweet this Asir song to my timeline, and it was a song he did with him. So of course, because that's my producer, like I listened to a song, and I, you know, I, yo, check this out. You know, my producer did this, yada yada yada. And I stopped, and I was like, yo, this motherfucker is nice. <laughs>
2: yeah, there it is. <laughs> and
5: when I I started working, I'm giving. I guess I'm giving the story away. I guess I could have saved it, but when i i sat down and was like yo i i want to do this song this death on smoky mountain record i was like i need somebody that can match like vocally match the tempo of this beat because i knew i wasn't gonna be loud yeah
2: and it's more laid back, back stuff, too so it's not yeah. like in your face
5: right that song funny enough was originally uh it was for the culture it was a song that i did for aj gray and uh jason heard it and jason was like nah we got to get a different beat for this and I was like, well, I'm not giving up this beat. Like, I fucking love this record. <laughs> and he was like, well, think of something else. And I was watching, I think I was watching Vice, uh, Vice TV, and were—and Jim Cornette was on, and he was talking about uh, New Jack and Smoky Mountain. And so that led me to start, like, looking at new, now I'm just YouTubing old Smoky Mountain videos. Right. You know, of course, I started with the New Jack videos, and I, you know, kind of went from there. And you see the, uh, you know, the the Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man, Valiant, and everything else, and I was like, yeah, I gotta do this, and I wanna talk about that, You, you hear me, like, rap, all, like, the different little wrestling references in the verse, and, you know, just sacrificing, you know, you're, you're sacrificing your, your own confidence and the, your love for something, for money, is really what the song is about Gotcha. You know what I mean? And so, you kinda hear me talking you hear me, like, even, I, I mentioned the process you know, like, the whole Dario Saric, uh thing, like, I oh man I love that fucking record so much <laughs> I love it I'm sorry. No, man,
2: it's good to be proud of this joint, man. You should be. It's it's a it's a classic album already, and it just came out yesterday, right? So here we go. <laughs> Ten bangers plus a, plus a remix.
5: I'm telling you. I'm telling. And I, you know, I've been saying this all year long, and I wasn't saying it to be disrespectful. I wasn't saying it to be.
2: Oh, you went face.
5: <laughs> I, I, did, I
2: was... What's going on here? in a minute.
5: I was definitely. I I was definitely. A righteous baby face in that moment, and I said, "Yo, this album is gonna be. If you listen to it and you give it an honest listen, you're gonna mention this album as one of the best albums of this year. And I don't want. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. If you legitimately sit down and listen to this project, you're gonna fucking love it."
2: no doubt about it it's only been out what yesterday was the first day came out right 24th yep Um, that was
5: the first official day that it touched down so man man i'm just i'm just really excited for it you know a lot of stuff has been happening um both my personal life and just period but hearing the response to it the people telling me like yo i like this yo i like this yo i'm still stuck on this and it's funny you know like like you said right like you've had old to camp low Mar- you had the sing you've had the singles for yeah since you
2: guys were on what back in july early yeah. august which i remember yeah when it was right
5: yep. yep you've had them for months now and you've had a chance to really digest them and listen to them and- but being able to hear everything in sequence and then most importantly being able to really like digest it like that's the big point to me is like yo i want you to be listening to this like a month later, two months later And going, whoa, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about Or whoa, I see how th- this reference means and You know what I mean? That's right. like, that's what I'm hearing from people Like, yo, I gotta sit with this album I gotta sit with this album And it's like I said, again, it's only 22 minutes And that I feel like is the mark of what makes this album really good It's not long, it's not drawn out I, I wasn't like, yo, let me let me do like two more records Just to be on the safe side You know, it was like, no, like, this is all it needs to be. You know, it's perfect. Even, like, Rocket Launcher. Like, I love, like, Rocket Launcher is my favorite record.
2: Oh, I think here Um, he is. You know? Let me me grab him here.
5: Yeah, go ahead, go
2: ahead. What's up, Griff?
5: Yeah, buddy, what's
4: going on? What's
2: happening, man? We got Scorsese still here, too?
4: All
2: right, all right. What's up? Can you hear me okay? (laughs)
5: Yeah,
2: I can hear you. I don't, I think he just snapped on you. I didn't hear what he said, though.
5: (laughs) Oh, he did. Ironically, at the scene. The irony here is that I was I was cutting a full babyface promo for you, and the first thing you do is get on here, and start running your yapper, trying to cause dissension in, in the, the world's greatest tag team. All right, I got something. It's called the heel turn. <laughs> and it was miraculously it. executed. We got, and I, so we're doing a double turn. This is Austin, This is Austin, uh, Bret Hart. Austin at Angle. WrestleMania, set at WrestleMania 15.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the spirit of... uh. Double turns, like, I I know that one's regarded as the best one of all time, but I do feel like the Austin Kurt Angle one after that whole Alliance thing was very well done, too. That was a
5: good one. I
4: I, I also really like the Alliance angle. I know it's, like, pretty universally hated and shitted on,
5: but I enjoyed it. That's because people are idiots. There was no. So I think if you,
2: I, we are talking about wrestling fans. They are pretty dumb.
5: Yes. <laughs> people, people, had in their mind with the with the alliance angle that they were going to get WCW versus WWF. And well, they, people
4: are just and they're butthurt because they didn't get Sting or Nash
5: or Hall or anybody yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, but, the best they again, got was Booker T. Those guys weren't going to wrestle anyway because they had those massive ass time warner contracts why would i wrestle when you're paying me to stay at home exactly like seven million dollars to not work to not work and if you and if you tell me in four years once all their contracts expire then you want to do it oh no you're not gonna care anymore (laughs) so you can't have it both ways
2: or can you (laughs) or you guys could just be the ones that are not quite heal not quite face the, the, the lines oh, are blurred, let, which let is basically like everybody saying. now. You know, for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, to, nobody likes
5: being a true uh, heel anymore. Everybody wants to sell merch. You
2: know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's that's true.
4: Everybody's the cool heel. The only the only legit heel in WWE is Farron Corbin. Exactly, and that's why I love. Yeah, him.
2: I would agree with that. I would say Randy Orton to a point, but.
4: Uh, yeah, but everybody thinks Randy Orton's cool.
5: Like.
2: Yeah, and you know, he's always cool a heel, jerk. And
5: everybody loves the RKO. But at least Randy Orton is attempting to do his thing. So, yeah, he just. Yeah, Uh, maybe Bailey. Is Bailey a true heel?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. If she wasn't before, she is now. Yeah, right. (laughs) She definitely is.
4: Have we. Do we actually start?
2: I'm getting ready to. If you guys are ready to go, we can go ahead and make this official. No, I mean, we were just. we're like chopping it up with the. Griff. Yeah, no, I w- like, Are we, recording this? <laughs> we were talking for like ten minutes. <laughs> we're gonna. And, we're uh, gonna start recording,
4: and we're all gonna, gonna be like, "Oh, I don't know." I already finished my notes <laughs> in,
2: before you called, Griff. So, uh, we're pretty much done. You know. <laughs> I was playing. Okay.
4: Okay. I mean, you, you know, I probably wasn't gonna contribute much anyway. Ooh.
2: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: hard to get a word in, Edgewise.
2: That's true. You got you got three idiots talking, you and
4: hear this. <laughs> i mean I'm, i wasn't talking about you mark
2: no i was but i i will do that because i call myself an idiot all the time um whether that makes <laughs> me a heel or a face i don't know what that is but <laughs> self-loathing all right here we go man let's go make this official see if i could do better than the last time i tried to do an intro for you guys
5: now that i know the rules of the podcast yeah yeah I'm doing i can talk my shit see i came in last time i came in A little comfy and relaxed
2: yeah you put your shoes on in the house you know what i mean just put your feet up on the table grab the remotes everything yeah
5: (laughs) (laughs) now i'm here now i'm home it's infinite banner man you hear me look it's your boy scorsese lord jones man one half of the dream team one third of insubordinate records one third of the nation gang one seventh of the zip squad one half of the east hampton polo boys all that good shit infinite banner man DJ Soundwave, and guess what? Fuck Jason Griff. Whoa. Gotta make sure I say it two times. Fuck Jason Griff. Alright? What's good? We here, man. Y'all know what time it is.
2: What's up, Griff? <laughs> what
4: up? What up? <laughs> I mean, how do you even follow that? He leaves with the Steiner mask, finishes saying fuck me? I don't, I don't know. Exactly.
2: <laughs> man that's crazy <laughs> for those listening tune to it into the infinite banter podcast you know these two dudes i don't have a lot of repeat guests on this show but i'm joined by well, select company here because i've been on more than once the manager himself jason griff scorsese lord jones i think he's the heel but he might be face he might go back and forth we're not sure their new yeah, album hey, midnight just- express multiple tag partners album just dropped they're here for retribution, but they're better than that retribution that you see on Mondays, and I think on Fridays. Griffin Scorsese. What's up?
5: No T-bars here, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
6: what
2: do what they call it, like Blade or something? they like stupid names, man.
5: <laughs> I, yeah, so here. Hold on. Before we get to this, i got to make sure I say this, all right? I don't think there's anything wrong with retribution, all right? I think that much like everything, everything is a process, and people are too willing to shit on everything before they even give it a chance. It's the same thing, right? Wrestling fans want long-term storylines, but they don't want to wait for anything to play out. They don't want the build-up. They don't want the build-up build at all because build-up means you're wasting my time. So which one is it? Is it Uchi Wally or is it one Mike? Uh, that's one a
2: good reference. It. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
5: it's the truth. So like, I think Retribution came. They slowly built up. They finally decided on who the wrestlers were going to be. you got, like, literally, like, if Dominic you got Dijack. You got Mia Yim. It's, uh, Mercedes
2: Martinez, right? She's in there. Uh, uh,
5: Martinez, Shane, Shane there. Thorne is in it too, right? Yeah, Shane Thorne. So you have a that's a nice fucking stable, right? You give them just give them a chance, let them wrestle, let them kick a little ass, and dig the mouth. What are you complaining? And about? and you know what? Here's the thing too. Like the
4: whole stable is also like all former indie darlings. That yes. like the smart the the smarks should be all about it. But they're still hating on it. It's not like they put Baron Corbin in the fucking group. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mojo like, Rawley's not,
5: not in there, right? Look, I'm just saying, it's not Riddick Moss, okay?
2: Right. Like,
5: that's what I'm saying. Like, they could have, they, it's not Riddick Moss and fucking Tino Sabatelli or whatever. You actually, you. it's literally all of your favorite wrestlers from fucking Shimmer and Evolve and Martinez I Deion mean, Mercedes Martinez
4: is a fucking legend, you know?
5: Yeah, she's a boss. She's
4: an absolute boss. Tito Sabatelli, though, like for real, back in the day, I remember playing uh, Madden, and he was in it because he used to be a safety on the Buccaneers. His real name, his real, real name is, his, yeah, uh, his real name is his yeah, his real name's Sabby Piscoletti. And I always remember being like, "Yo, that's a funny name." <laughs> and then <just laughs> watching him in NXT, it's like Tito Sabatelli. I'm like, "Yo, that's a funny name." <laughs>
3: That's what I mean, though, right? Like, no,
4: disres- no disrespect to uh, Italians, Italian-Americans, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a lot of vowels popping, and when you say it a lot out loud, it just, it just pops funny. Dude, the fact that he was a fucking second-round pick.
5: and
3: I think Cor- was yeah. Corbin— Was like a third-rounder or something? I like, don't
4: know
5: he- if Corbin went that high. Yeah, Corbin went pretty high. I know he started with the Arizona Partners. He wasn't a bum off the street. Like, that's actually why he has that little that fat guy pouch. Where he's lost yeah. all that weight, but it's still like just that little like layer of
2: fat. That'll never go away, right?
5: Like yeah. Yeah, I'll never go away. He used to be a fucking offensive lineman. You know what I mean? But anyway,
2: my thing with retribution is, is that I wish they would own up to the whole like these are indie darlings. Like they should take their mask off. Like look, I'm Mia Yim, I kicked ass all over this country, all over the planet. You know, like like rep that. It's like I want them to instead of just being like they're beating people up and then they're signed. It does seem kind of weird. But like you know, the transition you know of it. If
5: they did that, if they did that, you know what you would get fucking crickets. yeah because yeah i guess you're right while while indie while indie fans like me um and other people like yourself we know who the hell me again is we understand that mercedes martinez is a badass we know that Jack is a badass you know shane Thorne, if you watch you know obviously md uh the mighty don't kneel you know he's a badass but to the world at large they don't know who these, these fucking guys are and that's the this is the part that like the hardcore wrestling fans who are like the most vocal motherfuckers. That's what they don't get. Nobody gives a fuck that Dijak signed your t-shirt when he was wrestling in front of a hundred people in the (laughs) middle of fucking Massachusetts. I mean, it's just being real. Like you could say, well, I watched Dijak put on a five star classic in the Somerville national armory. Like nobody cares, bro. Like, he's gotta learn how to fucking wrestle for national TV, which means you gotta get over that shit. Let him do his fucking job and then enjoy it for what it is. One of the reasons why I fucking love Keith Lee, Keith Lee kept it a buck with me when I the very first time I met him. He's like, I don't wanna wrestle here anymore. I wanna go to WWE. I wanna wrestle in a nice fucking arena.
6: Get paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: and, he, and then he gets he gets there in a fucking pandemic and there's nobody in the crowd.
5: And nobody's in the crowd. But guess what? He's, he's like, paid. This ain't nothing. I'm used to this.
1: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply.
5: See website for details. That's what I mean. So, anyway. We're getting off topic but we're
1: on top no
2: this is it's definitely infinite, not man. off topic man <laughs> definitely <laughs> never off topic talking wrestling man we're,
5: but we're in the wrong territory man we got to go back to the territory air for this midnight Express shit. midnight express is different man we talking about retribution midnight express time man the album is here you know what i mean
2: you're at the rosemont horizon the right fucking, now you know
5: <laughs> yes we're in the fucking we're in the fucking sportatorium man we're we're making fucking town coast to coast man we're in louisville we're in North Carolina. We're driving down the floor to Florida to hang out with Dusty, baby. You know what I mean? The Midnight Fucking Express, dog. It's different. Man, it's
2: talk different. about that concept. About How you guys came up with that concept know. for this album, Midnight Express? For people who don't know wrestling, talk about that Man, whole idea.
5: We banged out the um, the dream team, the Stokely Hathaway joint. Most of you guys know uh, Stokely Hathaway, of course, was the manager. Um, and Evolve now he's uh, Michael Bivins and Truthfully, like that project, when I approached Griff about it, it was more my project than his. Um, Griff was, in his own words, and he'll tell you, kind of getting back into producing, right? As I was like, yo, let's do this project. And so, you know, we kind of just built around like ideas until we got the project together. This one um, was more organic. As we kind of began putting it together, I was like, yo, wouldn't it be dope? if I had a guest on every record. And he was like, like what? I was like, like the Midnight Express. You know, the Midnight Express as they travel from territory to territory, they were known for changing tag partners. And if you look, you know, and obviously Jim Cornette, he acknowledges different people, but there was some like, I think it's like 23 members of the Midnight Express with the constant, obviously being Jim Cornette and either Conjury, Stan Lane or uh, Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Right. And so I was like, yo, it would be ill If We just got somebody from every single coast, every single area to rep on the project. And so that's really what we did. And, I, you know, obviously the constant, of course, Griff as the manager, he's the producer. I am, you know, the Conjury, Lane, uh, Bobby Eaton. And yes, it just it just started working itself out because now it's going from the guests are organic. You know, I'm never a big believer in like having a a ton of guests on my project I believe I can carry my own. But in this particular case, I was like each guest enhances. The overall record, and it also forced me as a writer to be on my A game. And I'm always, I'm never slacking. I'm never like writing some bullshit. But in this case, it was like I was filling myself as a writer and as an artist. I was like, nah, none of these motherfuckers can fuck with me. And I felt so confident in the in the shit that I was putting together that I was like, nah, fuck that, go get go get Castro, go get Zilla. Alaska was available, you know what I'm saying? Let me get Alaska. Right. I want to rap with Alaska. Let me call up Sleep Sinatra because I know he's nice. I got to get with him. Um, and then even like the Cat I See Her, you know, I had never heard of him before I started this process. But when I heard him, I'm like, nah, I got to rap with him. And like a lot of artists, um, whenever I'm working on music like this, I tend to, you know, I'll, I'll write my I'll write my verse first and then I'll send it, you know, and I'm never the type like, oh, fuck it. I got to replace it and do some different shit. I'll always I'll write it, send it and give it to the artist like, yo, what's my idea? What do you think? And then we do our thing. Not every artist does that. Some artists will send the beat, be like, yo, do your sixteen and send it back so they can write against it. That was my thing. Like fuck that. I know my shit is nice. I know these fucking verses are incredible. So I don't
2: care who it is, let's go. So on your end of it, being the producer, making the beats, hearing the tracks, hearing the verses. What's it like on your end when you're getting this stuff coming back to you and you're seeing how it all fit together? It's almost like a puzzle, right? You got this guy rhyming in and then and Scorsese and you're fitting it with the beats and the titles and such. Like, How's it, as a producer, working with so many artists for one project?
4: It's awesome, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, I think anytime you work with a different producer, it's just an opportunity to, to grow, you know, which sounds kind of corny, you know? Um, like, I feel like one of those, like, self-help uh, inspiration speakers on Instagram, you know? <laughs> Expand your network and and watch yourself grow as a artist. Ugh. And for only nine ninety nine a month, well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but 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 for real, because like I always have, um, uh, you know, you kind of have an idea of how things are going to go, and then you'll get a verse that's just like, "Oh, that wasn't I was what I was expecting at all," but it's fucking great, and I'm going to run with it. Like, um, I had also never heard a seer before. And, like, that first came on, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I was expecting somebody to come at it, like, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, because that track, uh, Death of Smoky Mountain, it's got a real, it's got a real, like, bouncy vibe to it, like the beat does. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that, like, a modern, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like a mumble rapper or a trap rapper could do, you know, that sort of thing on. Um, uh, which also would be cool, but like a seer just like went all in, um, from a totally different angle. And that shit was awesome. Um, and then like Detlef was funny because, um, you know, we have the bonus remix cut with, uh, Flashes Clayton on there. <laughs> and I, I actually had Flashes Clayton's verse before Eddie Kane's verse. So, um, So the beat and all the drops and everything were, were molded to the way flashes spit it. And then I got Eddie Kane's verse and I threw it in there and I'm like, I'm going to have to rework this whole fucking verse. And I threw it in there and I'm like, this is fucking great. Like it fit perfectly.
5: So like originally, like I knew I wanted, I guess let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning of this shit. So the first couple of beats that I got for what became Midnight express were originally going to be for the fedora boys project. So, you know, uh, Mark, you know we started its subordinate record label, um, with me, Jason Griff, and Alex Ludovico. Right, and one of the projects we've kind of been like, I don't say stuck in neutral, but we have just been kind of like steadily kind of putting together is the Fedora Boys. So that's actually going to be me, Alex, and Griff. Um, and it's going to be our you know our our super group record. And Jason originally sent these records to us, um, including Boring Gun Raps, and that's actually why you hear me say that. At the beginning, I'm like yo, know, boring gun raps, Fedora boys, because that was gonna be the name of the album. It was gonna be Boring Gun Raps. And he sent that beat. He sent Detless and Camp Low. I know were three of them. I think there's like one more. And Survivor Series '92 were the four beats, um, amongst others. And I wrote to all of them. And uh, Alex kind of going through something, so he kind of was writing, but he was kind of not feeling it. And I was just sitting on these records. I was just sitting on these verses. Um, left in particular. And I'm like, God, ah, left is so incredible. I gotta put this out, and I just kept saying to myself, I gotta find a way to put left out. even know, I put nothing else out from this shit, and I knew uh, I wanted a feature on it. I left it open for a feature, and originally I tried to get uh, B- tried to get Benny the Butcher on the record, and unfortunately that didn't happen because um, right when we were able to get in contact with him, he got signed, and so his price went from being right. somewhat reasonable. To, yeah, exactly. To, oh, shit, I forgot. I'm a literal independent artist paying for shit out of my pocket. I can't afford what you just asked
2: me. <laughs> Man.
5: Uh, like That go from I debt left like, to hey, Michael
2: we'll- Jordan, like, in a second there. You, you basically just exactly. jumped. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes,
5: yes, exactly. So, but I knew I wanted a New York sound, so I was like, yo. Uh, I was listening to Nezzy Star. It was a project by Eddie Kane, and I was just kept going more like, yo, this dude, Eddie Kane, is so fucking ill. And I reached out to him right as quarantine happened, like literally like March. And uh, he was like, yo, I w- he heard it. and was like, yo, I fucking love this record, but I can't get to the studio because of quarantine. So I was like, fuck, I get it. Um, And he was like, yo, if I can get into the studio, I'll let you know, but I really love the record. And he kept hitting me back, letting me know, yo, I'm really loving this record. And I was just kind of stuck. So I'm like, well, I want to meet my deadline. Um, So, I saw a uh, flash of Clayton rapper, real dope dude. Currently, I think he's from the East Coast, but like he's stationed in Cali now. Uh, real ill rapper. Um, and so I hit yo, him I up. Thought he
4: was, in... I actually thought he was in Indianapolis. No. You... <laughs>
6: For real? <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely not in Indianapolis. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs>
5: definitely not in Indianapolis. I was like, yo, you know, um, what do you think about this? And he hit me up. And he was like, yo, I'll, yeah, I'll get on it. I think, I think it's ill record. And it's funny because he kept asking me for uh, like, what were Griff's drums. And of course, I have no idea what the fuck the drums are. So I'm like, I don't know.
6: <laughs>
5: but uh, he did his verse. He sent it back. And I was like, yo, this is an ill verse. And right as I got Flash and Clayton's verse back, Eddie hit me up. He's like, yo, I can get back in the studio. I'm going first thing first to go do this verse for you. And like he was so just like energized about doing this verse. And I was like, All right, cool we'll come through and he did it um i heard it and i was like this gotta be the album version i want the eddie kane version to be the album version like i like this verse and so he had this extra verse the slash clayton verse and so
6: griff was like yo how
5: about we just add it as a bonus and i was like let's go one better let's do those two verses plus a new verse for me and we'll make that like a like a throwaway like a b-side or something right you know and so that turned into the small pro remake nice you know what I'm saying? And so that joint, that joint's crazy.
2: That might be the crazy, uh, crazy. the most street record on the album. Like just, just straight, yes. straight gangster, man.
5: That was the joint that got us a lot of love from uh, Insomniac Mag. They put us, that was our first time ever touching their top 10 list. Um, That was the record that most people picked up on. Like they heard it, cause like I said, it's a, uh, I think, didn't I send you that sample? The
4: the sample the for the beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you get your, the, little, uh, your little co-production credit there.
5: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I no, I, I sent a couple. I'm actually proud of myself. I know I sent. I know I sent that one, and I want to say Survivor Series '92 was the other beat that I like the other one that I picked out. I believe you are correct.
6: Right. So
5: I, look, look, see. I, now you see why I say fuck Jason Griff. Wow. I don't so, so hey, need I don't need a manager anymore. <laughs> I need a mouthpiece. <laughs>
2: this is where you throw him over the top rope and claim that you uh, don't need a manager anymore. It just happened. It's the <laughs> equivalent. You, you
5: gotta, you gotta break, you break the tennis racket and get him out of here. Right. Man. <laughs> when,
2: when demolition slammed Mister Fuji and uh, Powers of Pain dusted yeah. him off and said, "We'll take you." Exactly. Right. <laughs> Slamming Fuji.
5: I respect you, Mr. Booker, man. <laughs> gotta go full heel out here. Let's do this. Like I said, man, we I think our biggest thing with this record is like this this feels like the first actual Griff Scorsese record. Because it's not just me, you know what I mean? It's me and Griff and we're you know, we're throwing ideas back and forth and you know, I was I was more willing to tell griff like hey i don't like that or is change this or oh what about this and griff was sending me stuff back and he would put whatever he wanted and i was like okay you know uh rocket launcher is a perfect example because it originally was i think i forgot but i think it, that b he sent me was like 100 BPMs or some fucking insane shit <laughs> um yeah it sounded like some it sounded like like it was like i was like am i gonna have to yodel over this shit <laughs> oh god it was so it was so fast i gotta find the original beat but the one thing that it had was that intro that boom, that simple boom 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 and i was like yo just cut that that's all i want just those and loop that you know i'm pretty sure like I, i've never seen his face when he saw that email but i'm pretty sure he's like who the fuck does this guy think he is to tell me to loop my shit
2: <laughs> Griff, do you remember your face when you saw that email?
5: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I mean I do remember.
4: It was it was more of a more of an eye roll and uh, kind of <laughs> like a that seems like the typical response I'd get from Scorsese. Oh,
2: there you go. I'll see,
4: <laughs> I was like like literally like I read it, I rolled my eyes, and I'm like, yeah, it figures. <laughs> I mean, I I just knew. Hey, I mean, it's so, fine. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not complaining. That actually means we have fantastic chemistry.
2: There it is.
5: Well, I mean, it was because, like, the way the beat, because I knew I wanted, because, you know, the way the album starts with Boring Gun Raps, right? There's no drums. It's just really, and again, it's a loop, right? But I remember when Jason sent, I remember when Jason sent Boring Gun Raps. And that that was the first thing he said. He was like, I've had this beat forever, but I could never decide what kind of drums to put on it. And I was like, well, fuck it. We're making a a record called Boring Gun Raps. So this is perfect because again, right? Like the idea we were originally, me and me and Alex, we were talking about boring gun raps. The album it was kind of like we don't want to do what Griselda is doing. We don't want to do what a lot of the New York underground is doing. We don't want to do truthfully what a lot of the the I, for the lack of a better term, the mainstream underground. Right? Which so I know it sounds super oxymoronic, but. The same dudes who just you know they're getting the the quote unquote the beat maker who's looping up something they found on YouTube who don't know how to program drums who don't know how to chop samples but hey I'll give you this sample chop that four four bars and you'll rap over it because it sounds really dope and I can I can da 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 with the uh oh, and da da and, and I was like nah I said I can do that like that shit is easy but what's gonna be hard is doing this and having some flavor with it and so. At the end, I was like, I want to do the same shit, but I want it to be really, really, really I want
2: that shit to sound like the apocalypse, man. Really dark. It's a good intro and, song for the record, you know, because you got the the sample man. with the look in the mirror, you idiot, right at, right off the top. Yeah, I had to Google Carl Thomas. I'm like, what's what's up with Carl Thomas? I'm trying to remember that dude. I remember he was a singer, I'm like, what was what was he saying about Carl Thomas' <laughs> neck? <laughs> like what? Turtle so, something? What?
5: <laughs> so Carl Thomas was known for wearing that turtleneck. Yeah. So that's what that's what I flipped it. So I was like, so you remember if you watch Entourage, you remember Turtle from Entourage. And so it's a it's a really ill like play on words. Obviously, it's like, you know, you turtle up. My entourage swarming is boom boom clap sing jeezy chorus. So many trees when uh. see the forest. See the day when I grip the Taurus. In the So like that whole like early, like yeah. rhyme scene was and that's what I hate. Mean. Like that's like that's the type of shit when I'm talking about like yo. I knew, like, even when I said, like, um in that, where I was like, yo, I keep the Eagle because I need them bucks. Like, that's literally, I wrote that shit, oh, God, when Eagle Dollar was still on, ironically, when Eagle Dollar still played for uh, Golden State.
1: No purchase necessary Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: But that line works today because he's now, like, he literally is one of the reasons why the Bucks got sent home. So obviously it's a play on, oh, there on you go. Uh, Andre Yeah, Andre Eagle Dollar's name, right? Keep the Eagle because I need them Bucks. Eagle Dollar. Eagle Dollar. But it's also, I need Eagle Dollar to beat the Bucks, which is Miami needed them to beat the Bucks. Oh, man. And so, I, I, bro, like, I just, I sit and, I, you know, Perfect. Fuck being humble,
2: I'm trying not. Like, I'm trying to look. You're trying to be the face, but you can't. <laughs> yeah,
5: I can't. Fuck that. Like, look, I know for a fact if you listen to this shit, you listen to this shit song by song, line by line. You're gonna go, yo. I'm hearing shit that I wasn't even realizing I was hearing because it sounds so simple, but there's so it's so complex. And that's, I think, that was where me and Griff, where the chemistry really spiked, because Griff never would be like, yo. I hear this and eh, it's cool. Like everything that I sent back, there's like there's there's like two songs that Griff was like I didn't like um, from the initial batch. But I think it was more like I don't know if he didn't like them because he didn't like the verses, he didn't like the concept, or he didn't like the way it would fit on the record. Um, I knew one was like the candy Tangerine, It was woman and it was candy tangerine dream. Oh, I forgot the, about that one. See, and I think those are songs that Alex had picked out, um, for the Fedora Boys project. And, you know, we just, those are just, they're not vaporware, but they're just sitting on a hard drive somewhere waiting to be used.
2: Yeah, that's one of my and notes on way- here is that I catch new lines every time I play the albums. I've played it, you know, a dozen times already. And that's what I like about it is that every time you listen to it, you catch a new line. One of my favorite lines from the Survivor Series record was the Heroes for Hire, Fist to Iron. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to butcher your line, but, you know, I'm just because I'm a comic nerd, so I caught it right off the top. I'm like, oh, the line play and, of course, the samples and the beats are just Every one of them, man, just on point with this record, man. Man, thank you. Oh, thank you. That is fucking awesome. That's
5: but that was our that was our, our goal, man. You know, like a lot of really good records have dropped this year, man. Like obviously, top of the year you had uh Curly Castro and Kim Rock dropping Shrapnel, um, which is still like one of my favorite rap uh just one of my favorite albums period of the year. Um, you know, uh you had Zilla, he dropped Row House Whispers. Um with Red Forty Five, you had uh shrines from
2: Backwoods,
5: you know, they dropped like like legitimate like the uh, quote Chris. Quote Chris dropped an incredible record this year. You know what I mean? Um yeah.
2: Freddie Gibbs, that one I, I, that one's another yeah. banger.
5: Fucking mm, Alfredo. Fredo. Marlowe Part two. You know what I'm yeah. Yeah. shout so out to Solomon Brigham and shout out to uh the or the Laurent? I, I always say that wrong.
2: I've never heard it pronounced. I don't yeah. even know how it's said.
5: You know? <laughs> uh, I, thought it, the was, I though. thought it was just like, orange, like French. I see or something. That's why we we. So would it be like Laurent? <laughs> like, see, I don't know. Uh,
4: maybe like you leave out the G or something. I don't know. Exactly.
6: We're uh but, we're
4: we're going in on um uh, European uh, languages today. Kind exactly. of exactly.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> we go, we. Look, man, we got our beef with Europeans, man.
2: I think it's L.O. Range. Oh, yeah, I'm right. going to start calling it that for now, so who knows? Yeah.
5: <laughs> but we, um, yeah, Like when you think about it, that was really our goal. And I was, once, you know, we kind of got to the point in quarantine where we're like, okay, the album is done. Let's get it in the hands of people to start mixing it and bringing it to life. We both knew and I you know I kept calling Griff about it. I was like, yo Griff, Ain't Express is fucking insane. And he was like, You're right. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying that like, hey, we just made this piece of art and it's dope. Like this album is fucking good. Like am I going am I nuts for saying that? And he was like, No, like it's really fucking good. And you know, it's one of those things where like as a as a as a rapper, man, like I'm, I'm I don't say I'm on to the next one, but like I rarely go back and listen to my old stuff. Uh, facts, big you facts. Know? Yeah, because I'm you know, and that was even when I was I think I was talking to Griff. We're already talking about the next project. You know, um, I'm already I've already written my next Polo Boys project. I got to go record it. I've you know I've, I just I'm always thinking about next steps and what I got to do next, and let my mind keep just moving um but i man like i go back and i listen to midnight express two three times a day because i'm just like man this album is so and i don't skip anything i don't skip my own song because i feel like if i if i skip boring gun raps then bobby seal doesn't have the same impact if i go to ode to camp low which is a great song that devalues marvel versus dc which is a fucking crazy record and you know so on and so forth and I just kept I just kept going back to this like, yo, if you don't fuck with this album, you'll probably never fuck with me. You'll never fuck with Jason Griff. Like there's nothing we can do to make you like our shit. Because like this album is fucking incredible. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, there it is. There it is right there for you. I, I was telling you guys before that uh Bobby Seal is probably I, I don't have a favorite song, but the one that's been definitely one that I've been really gravitating towards is that one, especially with all that's going on right now. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts when you put him up with that record and, of course, the samples of him speaking and everything?
5: <laughs> um, so, ironically enough, Bobby Seal was the first record that was completed for the album. Um, Bobby Seal was in the initial beat pack that Jason sent for the Fedora Boys project. And it was the one song, me and Alex wrote it together in his old apartment when I was out in L.A. Uh, we were drinking whiskey, we were drinking some nice Maker's Mark. And we just wrote it. And I, the line that got me and made me start writing was when he said, what side of the coin do you fall on? And I was like, okay, so we're going to do like the heads and tails type thing. And I think that's what we, that was the code name for the record. We didn't have a name yet. It was just we were going to call it heads and tails, which I i was like oh my god that sounds so fucking generic like i hate generic names <laughs> like, like, in-
2: <laughs> some harvey <laughs> dent <tell> shit. <laughs>
5: yeah like and i i thought about that too i was like man harvey Dent," and i was like god that sounds corny too and i was really like listening to a lot of like interviews you know saying from bobby seal uh amiri baraka um Q.E.P. Newton. And, you know, I listen to these just because, you know, sometimes he's got to just gather some wisdom. And that particular sample I had, you know, the idea of looking at what you're being offered and realizing that it's bullshit. And that's really what he's talking about. He's like, you know, we just want the basics. We want the basic humanity that should be offered us here in the States, but we are consistently being targeted and attacked for wanting it one thing that he uh he discusses and that was really what i you know when i'm kind of talking about is like what do you want and you you hear me kind of talk about it like i didn't want to be me you know that's that line you know um are you doing your own thing or you're rapping like Griselda? me i'm just Corsese, lord jones lord knows you know i just want to be myself i want to live my life i want to make the music that i want to make and i think that's the really the kind of crux of it. You know, a lot of people, you know, me and Griff, you know, we we are our, our motif, our motif is wrestling. We both love wrestling, we both love talking about it, watching it. Um it was a way that we bonded. And so, you know, we've seen people take our ideas, run off with them. Like literally take our ideas and run off with them. We've seen people look at the things that we've done and think that it was it was okay and we could get mad about it, we could fuss, or we could just keep elevating and doing what we do. So that was really how that kind of came together now i don't know why griff chose that sample so i'm gonna let griff kind of speak on that but from a writer's standpoint yeah like that was me and alex really just kind of putting that together you're talking about the sample for the beat yeah
4: not the not the bobby seal sample um funny story that track i probably made that beat like seven or eight years ago for this kid that i used to work with who was like hey do you know how to like i don't know how to make beats but i have a track i want to sample you know can we can we do this thing i could send you the track and know we can go from there so i made that for him like forever ago and then i don't know he was i guess he never did anything with it i don't even think he raps anymore um so i figured at about the seven year mark that's about the point that i could be like all right this isn't happening let me pass this beat off to somebody else so when i was putting through stuff for this project we were definitely having a like the vibe was definitely leaning towards a lot of like soul samples and R&B samples and things of that nature. So I'm like, oh, shit, this will probably work perfectly. And sure enough, boom, bang, pow.
2: Yeah, it's definitely yep. an, a song on the album that catches you right away. As soon as you see the title, like I can't wait to hear what they're talking about on this one.
4: Yeah, it's like coming back is like an early favorite. Like that's the one like across the board. People are just like, yo, Bobby Seal is my favorite song. I'm like, All right.
5: I, I don't want to say that's crazy. But like so, Bobby Seal and uh, Griffin will tell you Griffin's actually who decided who placed it second on the record. Um, I think when I had it, it was like much later when we were both kind of like kind of working out track lists. I think my initial track list, Bobby Seal, was like fifth or sixth. So it was either toward the in the middle or toward the end. And Jason was like he just he looked at my track list, he thought about it, he called me back. He's like, "Yo, I want to move Bobby Seal second. and I was like after boring gun raps because like literally like I mean, boring gun raps i'm i'm murdering everything in sight <laughs> 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 like, i'm talking all types of you know and, and i'm talking i'm talking big shit you know I'm, I'm i'm setting the tone for the project you know like jim Cornette was known for his mouthpiece he was known for for saying the thing that he said and so here i am doing the same thing i'm just going off and then here comes bobby seal and it's, it's this nice political message and you know, we're talking about like, you know, the fit shelters for human beings and being able to live as a black man in the United States. So it's like this weird juxtaposition, but it works. And I think by placing it second, so many people are gravitating to it. because you get this, it feels like a palate cleanser, you know, before you jump right back into the left, or I'm right back to murdering motherfuckers. Right, right. <laughs> a
2: different song named after a real person, but not quite the same. Right.
5: Correct. <laughs> you, you know, you're seeing that and. And that's why you see the duality. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we wanted from like Midnight Express. And, you know, I don't want to say like my music is not personal. Like I've done to- like tons of like personal songs. You know what I mean? Like you can go listen to A World Only Gods Know and you can find out how I feel about my mom and religion and divorce and everything else. And then you can go and listen to Dream Team and you can hear me talking about stakes you can't afford and driving speedboats to avoid the cops then we're having a good
6: time
5: <laughs> you know what i mean so it, that's what makes it ill and, and they're coming for you the, i hear
2: them in the background
5: I, do you see that the steak uh, police that up.
2: <laughs> you can't afford that steak there's
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know the <what> <laughs> steak aroma baby
2: <laughs> that was only been out two days you don't have enough money for that steak yet
5: not yet, not yet. We're getting
2: there. <laughs>
4: yeah, we don't get the we don't get the Spotify money for like eight months. Uh, the nice
5: and seven pennies they're gonna take. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Man, and speaking of the track listing, so a couple songs we played the last time you guys were on here was obviously Detlef. We talked about that, but then of course Marvel vs DC with Zillaraca and man, you guys the references are just you, if you don't if you're not paying attention you're gonna miss them. You talk about Jim Lee and <laughs> Frank Castle. Martian Manhunter, two Flash references, unless I missed a third one. It's Just so many, dude. Whoa. So many. What's your favorite reference? I, I like the Jim Lee because nobody talks about the, the, the guys who write or draw comics. They always talk about you know Superman or Batman, but nobody ever talks about the people who actually create this stuff, sort of like Stan Lee or something. So that's one of my favorite comic book artists. And when I heard his name, I'm like, he just said Jim Lee? And I heard uh, Alan Moore? I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> they're not just talking about characters that anybody's who's seen a movie knows who Superman is a. Like, do you actually know who wrote Superman or drew him? Like, that's a big deal to me when someone actually talks about something that a comic reader would actually be able to relate to. So yeah, I, I thought the Jim Lee thing was pretty cool. Oh, all
5: right. So I'm not going to ask this question. Did you catch the last reference in the very last line that I said?
2: Let me see. Uh, I probably don't have it written down here. I know, Frank Castle, what? that wasn't you. He, he. Um, Zilla said that one, right?
5: That was Zilla, right. Yeah. So mine was uh, a major force in my own right. Fuck around, 54 shots, you in a box, past the Bud Light.
2: 54, that's a reference, isn't it?
5: hmm
2: Wait a minute.
5: There's one more reference in there. So do you know who Major Force is?
2: Nah, school me on that one. <laughs> I think that went over my head.
5: So... Have you ever heard of uh, Woman in Refrigerator Syndrome?
2: Nah, that's a new one too to me. School's in All session. Right. I'm a yellow bus let's, right now.
5: Let's do this shit. So, Gail Simone, um, of course, the writer for Catwoman, Wonder Woman, etc. Yeah, got to
2: meet her a couple times too. Yeah, she's really great.
5: She's amazing. Amazing person. She's actually one who coined the term Women in Refrigerator Syndrome. Okay. So, it comes from a Green Lantern comic uh, that talks about like the dehumanization of women in comic books. And Green Lantern comes flying in after a hard day patrolling the galaxy, flies into his, into his apartment, goes to his refrigerator to get a Bud Light. He opens it, and his girlfriend is just murdered and just stuck inside the refrigerator. Yikes. And the person who did it, yeah, like, literally, that's the, only, that's the only time you ever heard of her. It's the only time you ever see her. Then he closes it, and he goes to hunt down the villain. The villain's name was Major Force. Man.
2: Yeah, I definitely did not ever read that book. I need to find it, though. <laughs> that's crazy. Yes,
5: and the, and the number is number 54.
2: Gotcha. Ah, so there, for anybody listening, go look for that one.
5: Major force in my own right. Buck around. 54 shots. You in a box. Past the Bud Light.
2: Shout out to Gail Simone. That's, that's dark for, like, a Green Lantern book. Yeah. I mean, that's all space shit, that's, usually, you know.
5: <laughs> but that's the weird part, because it was, so, it was treated so nonchalantly, That when Gail Simone read it, she was like, you treated this woman's life like a complete and total afterthought. Like she just, she didn't, she doesn't exist as anything else but a plot point.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
1: 18 plus
2: right
5: and that's why she that's why she she coined the term like women in refrigerator syndrome and really started kind of like driving home the need to have nuanced female characters in dc comics
2: there it is you and, know? and she's done so much great work red Sonia, batgirls mm-hmm. yeah so yeah definitely big up to gail simone yeah that's that's awesome man i definitely learned something new see not only are you guys entertaining it's like it's like caris one it's edutainment you're also entertaining and giving us education right here right off the top
5: man thank you see that's but that's what we want like we want people to catch like all of those like ill references and turns of phrase like man like Marvel vs DC is one of my favorites just because like I got the nerd the fuck out you know and, and Zilla, Zilla's like matching me like line for line like I was reading his shit when we were planning out the record and I'm just like oh Oh, okay. You want to talk about fucking Krakoa and Oa. Now I got to really, like, dive into my bag. and You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. You start pulling out your and boxes. Where, where's my bagged Green Lantern books? I got to pull these out. And... Yeah.
5: Like, I had, to, I, had to sit, <laughs> I had to really sit and think for a minute and go, Oh, oh okay. This is what we're doing, huh? You want to... Fine. You want to mention... And it's funny because he didn't realize... He, he hit me later when he heard the album. He was like, Yo, I love your Jim Lee line at the beginning. He's like, why did you tell me you said that shit? I was like, because I wasn't going to have you rewrite your line. And it's not similar to what I said. Like, you know, like my right. line, weapons are drawn. I'm generally with the brush. Hush. Ain't shit to discuss. Like, that's the dope, you know, just. He had to crumple up
2: his Jack Kirby stuff. line and throw it away. I'm like, ah, it's too old of a reference. Yeah. I can't do this.
5: <laughs> exactly. Like, that shit's dope. Like, leave that shit. You know what I mean? And it, it was just, like I said, you know, just getting a chance to rap about all this. And shout out to Mo Nichols um, for the. For the scratches, uh, those are
2: awesome. Yeah, yeah, the cuts on that song yeah. and the old decamp flow, the on point, man, just really add that extra seasoning to those songs, man. Yeah, that
5: was all that was all Mo actually. And shout out to Steel Chip Dove, um, one time. He's actually the person who he's so Steel Chip Dove was the one who uh mixed and mastered the record, and he was the one who connected me with Mo Nichols because I was like, yo, I really would love to have a mean scratch fest at the end of this record. And he was like, "Yo, I know, I know a DJ. I can, I can connect you with him." And you know, I talked to Mo. Mo did it right away. And I think there's actually like a two-minute-long version of him scratching all the shit that I put. Cause I, like, I, I mean, I, I stayed up like half the night, like finding all, so like all those little samples and stuff that you hear, every like every right. like, piece of, like I found all of those. Because like I was just like going through video after video after video, like because I wanted it to just sound like a fight, you know. Mo did his thing and scratched it and put it together, and then when out uh, Al- and uh, Jason got it, Jason broke it apart and really kind of brought the, record, the entire record to life versus it all being at the end. Yeah,
2: I love the exhibit sample too. That was it's like oh, there we go. It set it, it set it off. It set it off.
5: Listen, to, for my money, it's still the best rap comic book line. Period. <laughs> It's it's my favorite one. Just the X Men catch me doing drills in the Danger Room, like off that Tekken was Yeah, like, it's a no brainer. I have to use this line, and I'm really glad Jason put it at the beginning of the song. You know what I mean? Because it just it feels like that's how you're supposed to set it off. It was Marvel vs. DC. How you got to set it off? But it's I fuck. Look, Jason sent me that fucker. I really thought like Jason. One of my of course long running joke. Jason never sends me good beats. He always sends his dopest shit to everybody else, and then I hear it on their shit and go, what the fuck, man you for saying we couldn't have rapped over this? And then he'll he'll placate me by sending me, like, another beat and go, oh, here, take this one instead. I'll be like, that's not as dope as this, but then I'll have to into it anyway. <laughs> yeah, Jason, you sending those jobber
2: beats? Is that what it is, right? You talked about this last time, I think.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Jason always sends me the beats that, that I got to, like, work really hard to rap over.
2: Enhancement talents, right. You got you got to put Jason yeah. over with this one.
5: <laughs> no, this e Polo Boy beat, man. I'm just... You know, got to be in the ring. But this time, like, he, I got it. And the first thing I did, I texted him back. I was like, are you sure this is for me? <laughs> like, this
6: is dope.
5: <laughs> and he was like, first of all, after he said, fuck you, he was like, no. Like, what do you think? And I was like, yo, I'm definitely going to write to this. And I said, this just sounds like a Zilla Rocka beat. And then that got me to thinking. I was like, yo, what if I did it, ill back and forth with me and Zilla? And I don't know why. Originally, I think I was going to do, like, four bars each. So it was, like, four bars, Zilla, back and forth. And I wrote my, I wrote the very first four and I left a blank. And Zilla just came in with eight bars. So I was like, oh, so fuck it in. We're just gonna do eight. And and actually, again, one of those little moments where like a small change makes like a big ass difference. Because it allowed the the whole record to flow. You're able to kind of let some of those bars breathe. It's it's hard to kind of all the shit like the references that we're using. Some of that shit just requires like some setup. It requires a bar or two to really make it land and, and right. create that impact. You know what I mean. So it worked out getting eight bars to do that shit.
2: And of course, a follow up on the album "Ode to Camp Flow," which is a song we played on the podcast before. And I'm a big fan Ooh. of that record. I put it on a mix I made a couple months ago. So shout out to both of you dudes. I had to bring up the line that Alaska used. He said, "Here's the thing about this album." Props to both of you guys and everybody who featured on it. I had to keep Googling stuff while I'm listening to it, you know, because I, I don't know. I, I'm a nerd. But I don't know every damn thing. You know, there's some stuff that, you know, I'm an old ass man. I forget stuff. I got a 15 month old running around. I'm, I'm noticing I'm forgetting stuff I used to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I'm like Lana Sands. What the f- who's Lana Sands? Like, I know. I know Darlene. I know Maya. like Hold on a second. And I looked her up. I'm like, okay. All right, there we go. <laughs> but um, that record, man, definitely being a Camp Low fan, I like the vibe of it, the, the way it, it, it kind of felt like a Camp Low record without actually trying to be a Camp Low record, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Talk, talk about the way you guys put that one together.
5: Go ahead, Jason. You want to start?
4: I mean, I feel like your version of it is more exciting. Or is it even? <laughs> my version, Of course
5: my version is more exciting. I figured you want to talk about yeah. to... Well, Jason, this is actually one of the beats Jason sent us. It was this, and it was another beat called uh, You Can't Get No Shots Out." Which was gonna go with our born gun rap
3: uh, It's Oh
4: no it. but I remember I remember the working beat title of uh Ode to Camplo" was Muggsy Drogues. Yes, which is an <laughs> ill
5: ass name actually. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, why can't we just call it Muggsy Drogues? So when it was originally I can tell you this. When I originally sat down and wrote to it, i was gonna leave it as Muggsy drove and i wrote a so strang wonder hurricane strang is one of my favorite fucking records and so i actually started my verse like that it was like corsese coming like a hurricane licking shot more untouchable than to children who was anti-vox track bump like needles and bumps so what you want and it was real dope and i, I knew i was like you know what i really want to do an older I don't say an older flow, but I want to do like a classic flow. So I don't really, I don't do that too often. You know, I usually just kind of use my own. and um, But every once in a while, like, you just want to kind of do this. And I think I put the beat down. And me and, again, I was at Alex's house at his apartment, and I was drinking. I was like, yo, I want to do some Camp Low shit. You know, Camp Lowe, again, like the wild, colorful slang. It's their own. I mean, they're talking their own language, and even if you understand it, you don't, you don't really understand it. I don't give a fuck what anybody
2: says. And the way they go back and, and forth too, and then that, that, like, Lucina yeah, song, yeah, yeah. like yeah, that, that whole feel. I got you, yeah,
5: yeah. And, I, and one of my favorite songs on that first Camp Lowe record is truly "Black Connection," which, on its yeah. surface, is a story song, but nobody can really tell you what the story is about.
6: <laughs> right,
5: <laughs> but it's 100 if you listen to it it's 100 percent a story song like something happens to gucci suede and uh what's it called has to come help him and you can, there's, a, there's a there's a clear there's a thread if you actually said yo explain what black Connections is about nobody's gonna give you an answer.
2: when i'm done playing midnight express i'm gonna go grab that uptown saturday night cd and throw it in the car so i can hear what sonny chiva was talking about in that one <laughs>
5: <laughs> don't listen to it and that's actually where, like, that's how my verse starts is it goes back to that Sonny Chuba, the way he, he starts his verse off. And that's actually how I end my verse because I was like, okay, ill, I'm going to write a story. And my brain works really linearly. So even when I'm trying to be, like, super esoteric, I still can't help but make connections because it's just the way my mind works. So once I started, like, rapping, it was like, you know, another day, another dollar in mountains of Guatemala, in the final of dividing up a metropolis be Metroplex just form and absorb and Baron Corbin and cashmere smooth and in away put the cash away you know what I mean and it's like I'm like you know I want to keep writing like this is so ill and fun that's two Baron and Corbin I, I references
2: by the way that's a record of course
5: <laughs> shout, out to King, shout out to King Corbin god damn it one of the last <laughs> working heels left But if you don't like him that means he's doing his job correct like if you yeah, if you like the heel, he's not doing his job. I don't care what you think about MDA or anybody else. You're not supposed to like the heel. Alaska was um
2: that Ricky Lake line, I, dude.
5: <laughs> listen, Alaska burned this record, man, and it, it it came out of nowhere. We were we were cooling out. Um, I you know I listen to call out culture all the time. Um, you know I chat with Alaska on Twitter. He just happened to to put like a random smoke signal. He's like, "Yo, I'm doing a couple of verses." You know, I want to do, like, I want to do, like, two or three verses this year. So the first two or three people that hit me up with the budget, I'll work with them. And I don't even think I told uh, Jason this. Because originally, like, Ode to Camp Low was supposed to be me, Alex, and I was trying to get Geeky Sway on the record. And, like, I was just, like, desperate. Like, he he's a hard guy to, like, once you get, engage him, he kind of goes in and out. You know, he's old-school New York cat, man. So
2: That would have been something, them, but yeah.
5: Yeah, you know, all the emailing and following up shit. And, hey, I want... He's kind of like, eh, I'll get to it. And so I sent, a lot. I hit up Alaska, and he's like, yeah, I'm down to do it. And I was like, I'll send you two records. Um, And I sent him Detlef, and I sent him Ode to Camp Low. And he was like, yo, I really like both of these records, but I want to do this Ode to Camp Low shit. Do you mind? And I was like, yeah, choose. That. That's why I sent you both. Choose the one you want. And then he hit me up and was like, yo, what are we doing on the third verse? And I was like, eh, I guess I was gonna do a third verse or whatever. And he was like, Yo, you want to go back and forth? And I was like, What? <laughs> Hell yeah!
2: <laughs> yeah, that build up to it. That's what's great about that song. It's and it's almost like anticipate that that last couple bars you guys have. That's true.
5: What makes it so ill is we were we were trying to record them both together. Like I was gonna go to New York to record it with it, and we get you know obviously quarantine happened, so we couldn't get together. And so I was like, Yo, just write whatever you do, and I'll I'll fill in it afterward and he that's what he did everything he did i just kind of came behind and i just you know i didn't say i make it work but i was just like yo just just let me know your lat your first line or your last line i don't want to know the middle and i'll make it happen and man it just came
2: out so good and then of course the track after Ooh. that we talked a lot of wrestling on here and it's you know it's kind of eerie cuz Kamala just passed recently, but the Survivor Series '92 and the the sound from the the, the match, at Undertaker, the coffin match, hearing Paul Bear's ooh in the background is kind of creepy sounding because that dude's voice just you know creeps me out. But uh, talk about that record, that's another one. I just I had to go look up Survivor Series '92. It's been a long time since I watched it, but I watched that match yesterday with Kamala and Undertaker. It's been a minute, you know. It's like yeah, I forgot about. It. They put the nails in there and everything. Crazy. So.
5: You know, so, you know, that record was originally it was written when, and it's so funny that that record works because I was telling, uh, I was telling Jason, I was worried that record wasn't going to fit anymore. I wrote that record when Kamala Harris was running for office. He's running for president. And that's where the Kamala reference comes from. And that's why I wanted to use that because her campaign was dying. So of course the, the, putting the nail in the coffin, that was everybody, that was, Supposed to be, you know, obviously metaphorical. Um And you hear me tell it, Kamala, she's a problem. The lesser of two evils. You got to vote for Kanye Kodos. <laughs> you know, like so, you got to vote for somebody. But fuck, man, Kamala Harris is a terrible candidate. And it just so happened that you know Joe Biden ended up choosing her to be the running mate. So now the record still works. Which right.
2: Is awesome. Yeah. So now, so now <laughs> Twice that's worked works, out for you, know like you? you said, with uh, Igudala and now uh, Kamala Harris.
5: Yes, and that's what I. That's what I mean by like Midnight Express is a fucking everything about it works because it wasn't supposed to work. It was one hundred percent supposed to fail. It was one hundred percent I don't say fail, that's the wrong word. It was one hundred percent when we looked at it, we were thinking about it, we're like, This is so good and if people put this record up and they give it like I said, me and Jason Griff, we're not nobodies, but we're not somebodies either. You know what I mean? Like We'll probably never be featured on like the front page of band camp. We'll probably never get like an okay player write up or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? And that's cool. I mean, for me, it's cool. I don't know. I don't want to speak for, for Jason, but it's cool with me because I'd rather make the shit that I want to make and be as weird and quirky and say whatever the fuck we want. And I'd have to worry about, am I pleasing this guy or do I got to sell these sweatshirts or whatever? And so like, the fact that this that this album has been so well received, like I, I can honestly say, like I haven't heard or seen any like negative feedback from it.
2: Yeah, and it's only been out you know such a short time. I mean, it's only to me, it's only gonna right. grow from here from this point. Of because everybody's gonna hear about it. Word of mouth is obviously the the best way to let people know. Social media, things like that. So, yeah, I, I feel like you guys are gonna get even more accolades this album is a banger people listening go cop this record I mean, don't mess around uh i did the post at shout out to you guys for reposting it the picture i put it on top of the turntables the oh, cd and the, the sticker and that everything a great and great photo yeah i mean i always try to do that whenever i get an album I, I try to like promote it in a way like here here's i bought this go listen to these dudes or check this album out or whatever so yeah big up for reusing it uh my peter parker Stees, you know uh taking the picture of it uh with my my iphone my old ass iphone not an android but uh <laughs> it's, talk about the cover art of this album, too, because that's kind of what I'm getting at with the photo. Who? How did that come about? Ooh. Did you guys have a lot of input in that? Or did you have somebody do all the work for you on that one?
0: Uh, yeah, so... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
5: I knew once, I think, once me and Jason kind of talked about the name, like Midnight Express and like, you know, because, I mean, obviously Jason knew when I said, yo, Midnight Express, he's like, yeah, I know, that. it's Cornette. And I was like, yeah, what if that should be the name of the, of the album? You know what I'm saying? Like, let that be the name of the album. And he was like, okay. And uh, the guy got it. It actually was, um again, quarant- like one thing about quarantine, sitting in the house for hours on end, I had hours on end to just look through people's artwork and look at albums and, you know. And so uh, Flashes Clayton, he dropped a project called The Craftsman. Um, and I looked at the artwork and I was like, yo, this artwork is so ill. And the person who did it, a guy named Captain Watts, out in uh, California and I hit him up was like, yo, you know, would you, you know, you to do some art. He was like, yeah. And I told him the idea and uh, the original picture was the one where like Jim Cornette's down on his knees pointing back to the two guys. And I was like, what if we made a third person, like a blank face? So it was me on one side, other person on the other. And Jason looked back at it. He was like, eh, I'm not feeling it. And so Captain Walsh was like, yo, do you mind? Let me just pose him. And then he came up with like that blue background to really like just set both guys off. And I told him, I said, put you gotta put the Gris Scorsese in the tennis racket. Make that the you want people's eyes to go from the tennis racket. Um, obviously for me, 'cause I was he was like, Yo, do you wanna be shirtless? And I'm like, No, I you know, I got my signature pieces, always like my crown, um or any picture you see. Uh I was like, Give me my crown, you know, give me the jewels, put me the, in the big dusty robe. That's actually the uh the fur coat that Dusty Dusty wore. Uh, WCW, WCW Power Hour, when he was cutting promos. And so I was like, yeah, give me that big robe and just make it just us two. World's greatest tag team. It looks really crazy. And then the back, I just wanted it to look like an old school.
2: It has like a comic book vibe, too. I'm I'm staring at it right now while you're talking. Yeah. You know, it feels like, you know, like something somebody would have, maybe Jim Lee would have drawn, you know, something like that.
5: Yep. And he's a a comic artist. So that's why I said it, like, everything is kind of clicked. Everything is kind of clicked. And I, man, like he, and once I saw that piece, I just told him, I said, fuck it. I need to do all the arts, and, you know, do every piece. And he was like, okay, what do you got next? And I just asked Jason, you know, like, what do you want to be a single? And Jason was like, well, obviously Detlef's got to be a single. And so I went with the, you know, again, I'm a Miami Heat fan. So I want the iconic picture of, of D Wade after he throws the lob to uh to LeBron, you know, of course. Jason Griff running his way with the hands raised in victory. Holding the tennis racket, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Holding the tennis racket on the basketball court. Which I was was like, because he was like, no, watch asked me, he was like, You sure you want to win the tennis racket? I said, bro, if Jason Griff shows up on this part without the tennis racket, it's already wrong. Like that's the point. He's gotta have he's gotta have the fucking tennis racket. Um the second one was like Marvel vs. DC. And I wanted it to look like a uh like Marvel vs. Capcom. Like you know, when you get the, little, the three guys, yeah, getting ready to fight. And I asked each one of them. I said, "Who's the? What's the first random comic book character you can think of?" And I think Jason. Jason said Cyborg. Uh, Griff said Forge. So I was like, "Okay, fuck you both. I'm gonna go like random as fuck." And I picked like from so, like <laughs> so, like the like the crazy like the crazy Captain America who had to You know what I mean? So. But I mean it just it came out great and then obviously owed to Camp Low. I just sent him a Camp Low cover. I was like, yo, do a Camp Low cover except with us on it. And so he freaked it and uh man.
2: Whew. And then you guys posted today the uh the Royal Rumble artwork where all the yeah. guys are featured. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. those checking out, go to go to social media, go to Instagram. Follow these two on there, and you'll see these pictures we're talking about.
5: Please, listen. Those are the insubordinate uh, war games. You know what I mean? We had to, when we, we decided to do, to create our own vinyl, uh, one thing I wanted to do was obviously have a new back cover. And for the back cover, my big thing was, can we get everybody on the back? I wanted every single artist on the back. Not in like a, 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 a mean or disrespectful way. But I was like, everybody should be in the ring doing some wild shit. And it had to be war games, a double-sided ring. You know what I mean? Because, again, we're back in the Territory era. And so I just sent uh, Captain Watts again. He was like, yo, just send me their faces, and I'll make it work. And if you look, and you, you look at each one, you can actually see, like, he made he drew everybody's face. Like, that was the first thing that, like, uh, Sleep Sinatra said when he saw it. He was like, oh, shit. I didn't like, Sleeps posted it. And I don't think he realized that was him until I until I got the actual print in the house. Because, <laughs> like, the, I mean, the, so like I can tell you this. The little, the regular, like, Instagram four-by-whatever square does these prints no justice. When you see them live, and then you can see everybody's faces and everything else. And, of course, Griff still trying to figure out why he's being suplexed. Uh, <laughs>
2: They always <laughs> beat up the manager. They always beat up the manager. I, the manager. <laughs> I mean, I understand that
6: somebody's got to...
4: But I understand somebody's got to take a bump. But, like, I mean, my name is on the front of the fucking album. I should be getting put over on the back.
5: You're not going to get put over in the back. That's the point. You're the manager. Like, it, So it's called the gusher, number one. But, so you're not, you're not bleeding so, all over
4: the place. So I should be sl- sliding a chair under the bottom rope for you.
5: Then
2: nobody would see your face. Yeah. <laughs>
4: See?
5: That's, a, that's
4: that's the point.
2: Or holding the top rope don't down don't so somebody could flip over, right? Something like that.
4: Yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be seen sliding the chair in there, the brass knuckles or the belt.
5: That's but I got my belt on. I need to take my belt off. I'm in the ring, talking shit. <laughs> this is what happens with Jason Griffith as he to decide what's going to be on the art and I do. So
2: Oh. That's one of
5: <laughs> we're actually doing 3 dope prints.
2: Um, yeah, I'm about that
4: to hit, one, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit uh I'm gonna hit Reggie up right now and tell him to change that other drink.
2: Some creative differences <laughs> about you know, to happen out, here.
4: Shout out to Reggie.
6: <laughs>
4: have it have Reggie, it be a heel turn where I'm standing over him with my new client.
6: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> gonna,
5: look, all right. If I have to if I have to write another version of Who Shot Jason Griff, or we gotta do the midnight experience. Ig- the Midnight Express version of the Midnight Express. We'll do it, God damn it.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Feels like Piper's <laughs> like
2: Pit Trump right me. now. You're going to pull the chain off his neck and rip his shirts and accept <laughs> the challenge? He
5: forgot. <laughs> so, and this, Here's the here's the irony, right? So we, we switched it to the white cover for the vinyl and the white and red because I wanted to represent the gusher, like when Jim Cornette bled in the white suit. Jason forgets that what happened there was Jim Cornette came out with his version of the Midnight Express and then Paulie dangerously attacked him with the, with the original Midnight Express. So, if you're going to have two guys come out and beat me up, I'm just going to have to do the same thing on the other side and get me my own Paulie dangerously in order to keep this fucking angle going. You hear me?
2: With the old cell phone, right? <laughs>
5: with the old cell phone, as you see. Uh.
6: <laughs>
2: that would hurt if you got hit with that thing. That's like a brick. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's the, that's how he actually how he got cut open they were, his he wasn't supposed to bleed
2: that bad, and that was a hard way cut so i I think Jason that's what he's trying to say is he really sold it well, and you're you're doing the same thing in this illustration apparently so
6: <laughs> yep
2: okay. you guys working you know on any I mean? uh, videos or anything like that is there any visuals we could expect to see from the album also
5: probably i am i'm 80 percent hopeful that we're gonna get some videos shot. Um, I was supposed to shoot a video back in August. Uh, you know, unfortunately, my brother um died, and
2: yeah, sorry to hear. My condolences for stress. sure. Yeah.
5: No, nah, I appreciate that, man. Um, but yeah, I just you know I just completely missed out. Um, uh, being able to shoot with Zilla. Um, I'm hopeful in October. I'm gonna be able to shoot two quick videos. Um, one with Zilla. And hopefully fingers crossed uh oh, Camp Lowe with Alaska. So if I get both of those done, because we're like I said, we got a lot more content coming from Midnight Express. Um, Prince P, Cashmere P is uh, remixing the whole project as we speak. So you're gonna get the Cashmere Express. So even after you if you if you cop the Gusher, um, the the vinyl, you're gonna get the entire album remixed by a ton of dope ass producers. We've got some some producer one producer only remixes coming. um People have realized that we are doing short, uh, absolute short runs on any uh CD projects that we do. So if you don't get your CD off the top, like DJ Soundwave, because guess what he did? I got number thirteen. Said,
2: I'm looking at it. Yeah,
5: <laughs> right. It, 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 it doesn't <laughs> that it limited before the release? Yep. Tell them. I, I don't want to talk about my own shit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them, about, tell them about that that Insubordinate Records, when you get an Insubordinate Records package. What does it look like?
2: Man, I mean, you get the CD. It's signed, by the way, which I always love when that happens. 13 to 20. So there's only seven of the cats after me who got a CD copy. Came with a sticker. I got the pin. And uh, like I said, look on uh, my Instagram. I posted it. These fellows right here, they, they also put it up as well. And it was just great to get that. I got the download also on the Bandcamp app. I could listen to the album. Although... Only a couple songs are released before Thursday, so I couldn't hear the whole thing in that regard. but now you can hear the whole thing, it's all there for you. So yeah, man, big up to you guys, In Subordinate records, definitely in the building.
5: Yeah, man, we, we believe in high quality, we believe in, in pre-sales, not pre-orders. But when we say pre-sale, that means that we're buying it up front. You're going to get your product from us, man. And we're going to make sure that what you get is high quality and always with some extras, always with something else that you can look forward to. Um, And that's the type that's the type of shit that we want, man. We want people to open up their package and want to take a picture of it. Like, oh, shit, it is just a CD stuffed into an envelope with no no thank you note or no, you know, no stickers or no dope pin that I can put up. And people are going to ask me, yeah, where is that from? You know what I mean?
2: exactly that's the whole point man and that's the best way to promote too i mean you know give me more stuff to tell people about and to to brag that i got in this package you know i wasn't expecting i didn't know i was getting that stuff so definitely shout out to you guys and where can people find this find the music i know the cd is sold out but they can get the vinyl like you said just digital copies you know however anything socks you guys got everything
5: we got socks yeah so midnight express um we got the socks we actually have a sock promotion going on right now so i think there's like 26 pairs left if you buy a pair of the socks for 15 bucks you get a, a download of the album along with it man like a, the whole album uh so that's a dope little deal it's only going on until the end of september and i'm taking it off I'm doing it for my birthday so i hope you guys come and support us i've already seen like three or four people take advantage of it which is pretty ill um the socks again 100 embroidered uh they're beautiful they match the album cover um, you got me on one side, Griff on the other side, protecting your ankles. I mean, the world. You got the world's strongest. You got the world's strongest tag team protecting your ankles. What more
6: can you want?
5: You know, high quality shit. Um, we got our Making Towns bundle. The Making Towns bundle comes with a CD. So we actually have CDs to the side just for these bundles. Comes with a vinyl of your choice. Comes with a pair of the socks. Comes with a uh, Jason Cornette ping pong racket. Comes with a Jason Cornette ping pong ball. Comes with. Three exclusive prints that are not going to be available to anybody else. So just like uh, Jason was talking about, the print from Reggie that's going to be included, and then we're the third print. We should be here tomorrow. Should be in my house tomorrow, and so I can take pictures of those. So you actually get all the prints plus you're getting a, an exclusive uh, pin that I haven't shown anybody yet, and an exclusive T-shirt. So these are only going to be five of these T-shirts that are going to be made, right? And they get they all feature the uh, the scratch artwork from uh, Captain Watts. So five t-shirts only for the people that's making towns. Like you're not a making Town high, high high roller investor. This ain't for you. But if it is, and you want the best of the best, that's yours. The vinyl is up right now, again, for pre-sale. Uh, white with red splatter. Um, your choice of, co- of cover and uh, vinyl sticker, which we're fingers crossed. We're just waiting for the last bit of confirmation. But the music's already been sent off. We're expecting to have our vinyl back by November. I should have the test pressing in October. Vinyl will be shipping out in November. And like I said, man, we're excited. We're excited for all of this shit, man. And com. go there, pick up everything, grab whatever you need, man. Life is good. Jason? But now nah, you pretty much summed it all up there. Yeah, you forget anything?
2: No. Oh, it's social media platforms. Nah, Where can people so. find you on uh, Instagram, Twitter, oh, um, places like that?
4: I'm on in- Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I am Jason Griff. I got a Facebook page, but, you know, it's Facebook,
2: so... Yeah, your aunt might be on Whatever. there. But that's about it. Nobody who's going to buy the records on Facebook. So yeah, I oh, don't know. You know what though? We <laughs> at least my aunts on there. He's off of Facebook. Okay. So
4: um, because yep. now I mean, with Facebook owning Instagram, you can just link that shit. So like, I don't really have to actively go to Facebook to do yes. any one hundred percent promo there. I just click, I click a box, and it automatically posts the shit to Facebook. Um, I'll tell you what about Facebook. Like, I was going to deactivate my account, but I kind of couldn't because I need. I, I still want to have the music page present there.
2: But and Russians um, an might buy your music, so leave it, leave it open. You never know.
4: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm big in Russia, you know. But um, I went through and I and I unfollowed everybody. So all 800 some friends I had, like we're all still Damn. friends, but I don't see anything they post.
2: That's the heel move right uh-huh. there. Somebody well, woke up the know, next day like, oh, bad friends of Jason the Griff. Only, the motherfucker's gone.
4: The only, <laughs> the only person that I did not mute was my wife. And, uh, and I have a couple groups that I'm like group chats, you know, on their Facebook groups are that, are that are just like absolutely fantastic. So I didn't want to lose those just because I, I hated the, the, the toxic nature of Facebook so much. So I would highly recommend that for anyone. I swear I invested like two hours in it, but it was well <laughs> worth it. I go on Facebook all the time now. It's great.
2: I, I'm on part of a wrestling group on Facebook. That's really the main reason why I stick with it, you know. And like you yeah, said, you can I'm link it with of Instagram. A, I'm so
4: part of a, I'm a part of a group on there um, dedicated to the Fireside Bowl. Which, um, if you if you're not familiar with that, it was a it was a bowling alley on Fullerton um, in Chicago. Okay. Um, in like like Logan Square area. Yeah. Um, that was uh, converted into an all ages punk rock venue.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. revoid Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So like it was literally a bowling alley. um, That was,
4: uh, I think originally they were using the bowling alley, but they just stopped doing any bowling there. So like it's this huge building, the, the bowling alley lanes, and then like crammed in the corner is a stage and like the area to watch the bands play was just like you know that area at a bowling alley where like the balls would be like behind all the chairs where people are bowling so like if you could imagine how small that is and like you know 300 teenagers stuffed in there watching yeah. the band it was it was fucking awesome it was disgusting but it was it was an amazing time
2: and i'm assuming uh, right now is, nothing's going on there
4: no they were they were they've been done for years like right. the neighborhood uh the neighborhood got totally gentrified and, like, whatever the alderman convinced him to shut down. And it was just, it was, I guarantee every night there was several fired ha- fire fire
2: hazards. Jeez. Yeah, so many good clubs in Chicago here are gone. I used to go to the Shrine all the time. That one's gone. And Metro closed recently. I'm trying to think of some other ones. The Abbey Pub. There's, like, there's hardly anywhere. Well, obviously, with COVID, you can't go anywhere anyway. Is, is the but,
6: Abbey gone now? Yeah, it had
2: a fire, like, um, some years ago. I was talking oh, to I didn't uh, even know that. yeah, I was talking to Acrobatic about it because he had fond memories of that's where I saw him perform. He's like, man, I can't believe that, that, was, that place that is was gone.
4: Always the um, that was always the spot when like indie hip hop would come through. Um, they'd always play the Abbey, because like, yeah, I saw Acrobatic there as well with Lifts and uh, yeah, I saw um, Soul Position there. Like that Soul Position show I saw there is one of the top five all time rap nice. shows I've ever been to. Like Blueprint is so amazing on stage.
2: Yeah. No, I, and I saw mm-hmm. Mad Lib there. Yeah, there's some good shows that I've seen at that place. I, I think I, I want to remember Willie Evans Jr. and Mr. Lift was the show I think most recently. Nice. I was, that's a, That was a while ago. Oh, Merz and Fashion. Yeah, but too bad there's, okay. these spots aren't around. You guys could be performing. I, I know that'd be another thing you guys would love to do is perform in front of a crowd.
5: Yes, that was, it's crazy. I was talking with Alaska about that shit. Um, like how much I would love to perform this album. Like I, one thing that, sucks uh, about where i live. So I live in DC. Um and there aren't a ton of like performance opportunities here in DC. Like there just isn't. Like you can pre- like as a rapper, you know, you can perform as a singer, you can perform as a songstress, you can perform open mics, but there's no like rap open mics. There's no rap. Right. Uh I can let me rent this venue out and just, you know, and obviously with COVID going on, you can't really rent venues. Anyway, but I have been like wanting to perform this music for a while now. Like, let me get in front of somebody. I would love to get in front of somebody and do fucking boring gun raps. So or I would love to get in front of people and rap Survivor Series '92. And oh, like, it's it's been annoying, man. Yeah, um,
2: I can't even imagine, man.
5: You know. So just thinking about solutions, we might do a. I know we know me and me and Griff are gonna go live. Uh, this weekend to kind of discuss the record um i was thinking about maybe doing a, a live like a virtual performance um i know one of my one of my good studio buddies he has a location where i can do that um so i was thinking about it but just find out there's demand if people want to see it you know what i mean
2: now viral would be cool i mean you could do like a listening party or like a, a something like that where you perform i think that would be the best way to probably supplement that need for wanting to do it in front of a live audience which like you said it's it's not it's not an option Mm -hmm. and especially in dc like you said you're already limited as it is
5: correct you know so i just want to get out there and just and like i said man i I want so many more people to hear and see this project and and get a a piece of this project man i want people to hear it i want people to love it i want people to to really kind of take advantage of it man
2: man it's 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 definitely a banger and like i said salute to you guys midnight express gris Scorsese go cop that album how, how. we're gonna play some songs yeah. in this episode here and you know the episode you guys were on a couple months ago we played three of the songs back then so you know go back and listen to that episode Ooh. as well i mean we're not playing yes. you know if we damn near played you 50 of the album if you listen to these two episodes of the podcast you're gonna hear like <laughs> i'm not trying to say don't buy it but damn it's right there for you so go ahead, and look man, cop that album
5: on, let them know it's, it's on all streaming platforms if you want to um, you want to go to spotify or tidal or apple and you want to check it out I, hey go do that but you know again me griff alex man we do all this out of our own pockets we do it out of the love and we're putting out high quality stuff man take it take some time check us out go to com. i guarantee you we got something that you like whether it's a pair of shorts whether it's a t-shirt whether it's hats pins buttons stickers man we make sure that we have everything and if it's on our site it's on hand man even if you go back to our older catalog stuff still a couple of copies of dream team and shirts laying around come fuck with us man we got a lot of dope ass music do your thing
2: yeah without a doubt and you blessed me uh with a couple remixes we'll play in here as well so some exclusive material Mm -hmm. definitely everybody listening man just here. this is this is right here for you this is hip-hop at its finest the new album midnight express it's available go cop it rift the manager Scorsese Lord Jones to heal face heal face now your face i'm trying to remember I, i'm losing <laughs> losing track you turned so many times man
5: <laughs> big show baby big show, big show. yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> before I let you guys bounce man i have to ask you about the roman reigns turn did you guys like that one at all how are you guys feeling I about that
4: it. i thought it was i thought it was done very well and paul Heyman's awesome so
2: there you go
5: yeah i mean I think they have done exactly what they've needed to do with Roman Reigns. Um, And I'm not one of those people that's like, yo, they should have done this years ago because they shouldn't have done it years ago. This is the best way to reintroduce Roman Reigns. I love the way that Paul. So like when you watch Paul Heyman with him and and go and watch him with Brock and you see the differences,
2: this is where Paul Heyman is.
5: Paul with Brock, he treats Brock like a prize fighter. He's out, he's carnival barking. He's yelling at the crowd.
2: Brock barely speaks if and, at all. Yep.
5: Yes, Brock doesn't have to say a word. He looks at Roman Reigns with like almost like godlike reverence. Like, no, this man mm-hmm. is the truth, and it makes Roman just seem bigger when he's saying less know. and less. I think too, like they they kind of like subtly weaved in
4: like some reality too, like how Heyman kind of got fired, and then it's mm-hmm. like. So like when before when he was coming out with Brock, he was kind of like, it's a pleasure for you to see me here. And then he gets yep. fired and he kind of comes back and it's almost like Roman brought him back and like, like he owes <laughs> Roman. He's a Roman's go. employee as opposed to his partner, right. you know? Um, and it's just like mm-hmm. a subtle thing in like the mannerisms that like Heyman does and now like them working together all the time like uh, Reigns' charisma is just off the charts I think it's just the role that he was He's more comfortable, and he was meant to be in the, the total badass.
2: And I even like when Roman grabbed the mic last week, because it's not like he's my favorite person on the mic, but he could speak more than Brock ever could. So when he grabs all on, I actually oh, want to yeah. hear what he has to say, because he doesn't really have to talk, because Paul's standing there. So he did all the hard work. Roman just has to drop like a couple of like words, Brock, and that's every it. Every
4: time Brock, every time Brock grabs the mic, like they have to be worried that he's going to say something racist. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs>
6: <laughs> like, I remember when,
4: uh, when, uh, when, um, when Rollins did the the fake cash-in at the Royal Rumble a few years back and, like, mm-hmm. caught him the match against Cena. And, like, <laughs> he um, the next Monday on Raw, like, Lesnar's in the ring and he takes the mic from Heyman and he's like, get out here, boy! Get out here, boy!
2: <laughs> like, I'm just oh. like, oh, God, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, he's not good. And the whole dancing with the briefcase, like it was a boombox or whatever, yeah, I, I'm good. Brock, could, wherever he's at, he could stay there. I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't need to see him back. Unless he comes back to try to reclaim Paul, and then that's when him and Roman go at it again for, like, the 80th time.
6: Yeah.
4: I mean, it <laughs> seems like if he comes back, it's going to be, they're going to keep them separate, and he's going to go after Drew McIntyre, which is fine. I like that. That's a good match. You know, if he just pops in. I just hate that he pops in and wins so decisively and leaves. Like, I hated the Kofi Kingston it. thing.
5: Like, Are you talking about Brock?
4: Yeah, Brock.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Did, no, Roman Reigns like coming it.
5: in and winning but, decisively is awesome. Yeah. But um, so, can but, you, like, but like, like, I can tell you this. Hold on, before you, cause you know why that match ended with him and Kofi ended like that, right? Hmm. Because everybody else burnt up all their TV time. That match was supposed to go like fifteen minutes.
0: Hmm. So they only
5: had like they only had like two minutes left on the show. Right. Time that okay. The match started. Right. And then up uh, that early morning with Fox. And that that was the issue like other matches ran long. Yeah. So I think they could have done better, but I think if they think because they advertised Brock having that match, they had to have the match. Right. You can't well it was the debut with on Brock Fox. Lester. There was
4: there was there was no way that they were gonna mess that relationship up. You you, know, yep. you remember the te- the text I sent you right after that match. <laughs> I said yeah. Brock Lesnar seemed like the t- Brock Lesnar backstage right now, saying the N word a million times. Of course Jeez. he is,
0: but remember re-
5: remember the rock, because the rock went what, twenty five minutes at the beginning of the show? Yeah. Doing doing rock promos. That's great. But like you could tell the rock to just be the rock, but now you screwed the rest of your show right so that makes sense and kofi well, was carrying you know, the belt you know, for were... how
2: long and he had to drop it you know <laughs> in a couple minutes kofi yeah
5: kofi had it it wasn't even a couple of minutes that match lasted all like
4: 35 seconds yeah it, not even i think i think it was it was clocked at like 12 seconds or something like that yeah it was something ridiculous if it was even that long eight maybe mm-hmm. i don't know
2: and his whole in his whole uh you know storyline of getting the title in the first place and getting that shot was that he kept persevering over incredible odds and kicking out so many times. And then Brock just like, all right, that's it, you know, the
4: storyline was so it was, it was a, it was a long running storyline. It was epically built up. It happened organically. And, uh, and, and it was gone in like the snap of a finger.
2: Right. They went back to what they really wanted eventually. Cause they they never wanted Kofi in that, uh, in that spot with the title. But
4: it was great how that all came to be. And that was a rare occurrence of like, like in the modern wwe like shit happening like organically
2: yep we all watch it unfold mm-hmm. and we couldn't but be- i couldn't believe it but i knew it was coming but i still couldn't believe they're yeah. actually gonna go through with this they're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's- he, was- he was supposed to be in that match it was supposed to be ali or somebody got hurt or whatever yeah. and man yeah 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 yeah. hey thanks again both of you dudes i mean it's an honor having you guys on here no, again no. we'll have you on another time of course but uh in supported records ever been on three times you know what there has not been there's been a couple that have been on twice so uh, you guys might get yeah. the like that saturday Night live uh, it was like the five time uh, uh code or whatever it was <laughs> i just saw it one time when i was mm-hmm. watching we'll have a three-time like belt or something i don't know <laughs> then <It's... laughs> we'll do something for you guys for the next project that's coming out or something for sure man mm-hmm. awesome big up absolutely. griff scorsese absolutely go follow them Check out the music, Ooh, everything, man. Go get those socks. It's getting cold outside. Get them damn socks on.
5: Yeah, get your ankle, Your ankles is about to get fucked up out here. Yeah, get them get cankles them covered. Socks. <laughs> yeah, and these aren't, listen, understand what I'm saying when I say these. Is, I don't buy no bullshit from my investors and supporters, man. You're not getting a pair of cheap, thin stance socks. These are nice, thick, 100% cotton socks embroidered they got the griff scorsese logo with the king's crown on the toes you got scorsese on one leg Griff on the other the world's greatest tag team 15 bucks man get your pair get the album month of september after september that's gone shout out to dj Soundwave. not one time not two times but three times salute the only thing he's done only thing he's done for us is show love, not just to us, but all independent artists. Oh
2: yeah, and Alaska's coming on here too. By the way, been talking to him and a couple of yeah. other artists you guys work oh, with. Nice. So we're, we're we're definitely trying yeah. to do big things for you guys.
5: Ooh, can, we, yeah. can we, Can, can we can mention something on uh, on air exclusive to DJ Soundwave that nobody else has ever heard? Man. Uh yeah, I don't I don't I don't see a problem with that. You go go ahead. All right. So, Griff Scorsese drops Midnight Express. The Nation Gang drops in November. Alex Ludovico, White Boy, is dropping after that. Then our first official non-us artist release, Jason Griff, Alaska Adams, collaboration project.
4: Boom, 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 boom. Jeez.
2: Pew, 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 pew.
5: pew. (laughs) And all that shit.
2: Man that's that's exclusive news right there you heard it here
5: heard it here first Damn. i have been listening to some of these records and i'm gonna tell you like this i said this earlier this year that alaska hasn't missed once when i tell you on this album he is in rare form like he's got a lot of work coming man cargo Colts is coming uh, with him and zilla Rocka. You know, I, he, I know he's doing more feature work, but this project, this joint he's got, with, I don't even know if they got a name for it yet, so I'm not going to go that far, but it's incredible. It is in fucking incredible. I'm just hoping I get to talk shit on it for like ten seconds.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't
5: even. I don't even. I even know if I'm dope enough to be on this record, man. Like this shit is fucking nuts. Nuts. It's such a good fucking project. So that's all y'all get. I'm not. I'm not giving away no more. That's enough. That's
2: year. all they deserve. There yeah, you that's,
5: go. <laughs> that's all they deserve, man. Winter. Winter catalog. East Hampton Polar Boys are coming back real soon with our newest project and a single to drop from that Cashmere Express. The Remix Project, The Gusher, we got a lot of shit coming, man. Please look for us. We're going to have a sale, Bandcamp Camp Friday. Um, Alex is going to be dropping an EP. Nation Games dropping the EP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of new music, a lot of new work. Physicals will be coming out pretty soon. Come shout with us, man. We working now. We working. We back to work.
2: There it is. Can't stop working. Won't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop. Never oh. will stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? There it oh. is. Ooh. It's an awful reference. <laughs>
5: Oh, I was going to mention one more. I'm actually going to be quiet about that one. I want just know I got something else coming too. Whew, Man. I just thought about it. I ain't even going to say it.
2: See, you got to be careful. You look too much out, and then they uh, they come back expecting too much. So you got you to tease them a bit. I think that Alaska thing is definitely some information they need to know. You heard him on the songs that he's done with these cats here. Definitely want to check that out. So big up to Griffin Scorsese, Midnight Express, go cop it. Thank you for coming on Infinite Banter for a second time. Even if you guys ripped on my favorite movie, Juice, I let you guys come back in the door. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I had discussions yo, with people after that one. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta rethink my life. I thought Juice was like a classic, so it's all right.
5: <laughs> hey, look, man. All I'm saying is go back and watch it again. <laughs> Just thank you so much, man. All of you. Yo, like I said, all all joking aside, all working aside. DJ Soundwave, Infinite Banner Podcast. It's Scorsese, Lord Jones. It's Jason Griff. Fuck Jason Griff, but he's still there. It's cool. You're rocking with his subordinate records, man. Alex Ludovico, you already know what's good. White Boy coming soon. Griff, you got anything else to say? No. Uh,
4: I didn't think
2: so.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: exactly how you end it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We out.
2: Man, big up to both of you guys. Appreciate it. Much love for coming on here and the album. I'm going to play it as soon as I hang up, man. Go play it in the car. We got, right. I took it out of the car so I could do this. So I had it in front of me. I got to put it right back in the car. I'm not done with it yet. It need another week right. of playing, right. man. I'm not just saying that because you guys are on the phone. I mean that. I'm playing it at least a couple times. Let Mount Prospect hear it. Let it thump. Because the car test is only the true yes. test for a real hip-hop album. So,
5: Man, thank you so much for that, bro. No doubt, That's man. What I want to hear and see Wait, and, and everybody.
2: No doubt, loving
5: man. It. They're loving it, man. And I
2: appreciate it. Yeah. Like I told you. The uh, sleeper joint for me is at Death of Smoky Mountain. That right there. Huh. That might be. It, it's it's Creeping Up is my favorite song. It's not yet, but it's creeping, man. So we'll see.
5: Woo. But, Take but. that thing. Awesome.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, big, big up Keep again up to you guys, game, and we'll catch you down the line and definitely follow these dudes on social media, Insupportant Records and all that. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.
5: Yes, Peace. Thank you, brother.
2: No problem, man. Thank you. Big, big up to Griff and Scorsese for coming on the show. And like I promised, we've got two remixes to play here. Uh, this first one, you heard the original one. If you go back to episode 44, and I definitely hope you do so. Tell a friend, tell people. We played three songs in that episode. One of them was Marvel vs. DC with Zilla Rocka. This is a remix of that song. It's called the Chumzilla Remix. And this is just straight heat. I love the samples. There's a Chuck D sample in there. Wu-Tang. Just just really good. And I'm a comic nerd. So big up on this one. So you're really going to enjoy this. This is off of their vinyl album, which will have remixes of the songs on the digital and CD release. This right here, Marvel vs. DC, the Chumzilla Remix. Featuring Zilla Raka on the Infinite Banter what did you podcast. Say
1: was your favorite match wow. with the Midnight Express? Was there well,
4: one? Man, there were so many of them. That one night, that <laughs> Stan Lee was different hell. I said, Stan, just want
6: just put the damn boots to me. That, really?
3: And did he do it? Did yeah, he do it? Yeah. Yeah. It was unreal. It was unreal. Yeah. It's yeah. Unreal. Everyone, Wrecking Crew dream team, Marvel vs. DC. Best believe me, Gladiator, Superman, muscles. Where we really be? Jack vs. Dudley ain't nothing cuddly, Don't have to see. Barrel Reese, you can't be champion ever since Balls these Scars, the narium, black canarium Heist of the century, The still all valerium, still known to carry him, small bill barium, get green, my fees now Jimbly in 93 Logan dagger, Ebony, and Irie, but the show is beat with me, period protected, criterion collected, cold as Siberian, drinking spreadless, water flow, so inhuman. Dark art, hellblazer, card, sharks who move shit. to Krakoa, the coast city, to Oa. Citywide specials have no coasters. Now roll up. Out the more the war shack. Matter of fact, my eat more red to needle death than the forecast. or flash in
6: Wally West. A weapon next to stroke death. Slave of green. on cool dreams. A you titan,
3: my dark side is far. Five mics and mutts next. Fun
6: metal, the summer's like high. eye, dead shots like for eye. That's dot life and time's my
3: next shit. You tick tock and us stunt to catch a buzz. You'll be on a margin man hunt. Ain't nothing sweet and the strange. strange strange. Make sure my shorting
6: is paid. We hoodie up, swinging blades, on some Corvius me blade. Don't be a Jay Garrick out here pulling fast. One frank castle the hammer,
3: it's time for action. An apocalypse, crushed planets and King continents. Synonymous with doomsday, war, death and pestilence. Your arch
6: nemesis, Daredevil, pitmanship, high flying ultimate, prime Michael B. Shit. shit. Now picture this, my Jace so Jonah Jameson,
3: broken heavy shooters swing around your block. Your crew of Bettys, a major force in my own right. Bump around, 54 shots, you in a box, past the Bud Light. through to like on the, style of the Break and the night falls on. the swing, like the mighty Thor. on the floor, the black lights, look good. Swing it through your but like your oh, the night roller, man. Man. Bumps, break, and the night roller.
5: Yo, this is Graham Zilla, Guy Grams, and you're rocking with DJ
2: Soundwave on Infinite Banter. Keep it locked. Peace. What up, Big Bruh? Listen to the Big Bruh Podcast.
6: What's good, people?
3: This your boy, Big Bruh. I'm the host of Live with Big Bruh, a podcast where I keep it raw, uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered, always keeping it 100 and giving you guys my opinion on topics that you need to go check out. Live with Big Bruh is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or wherever else like to listen to your favorite podcast make sure you go subscribe rate and share it and while you add it tell your friends to tell their friends to do the same thing you can find me on instagram facebook or twitter at live with big bruh and remember they can hold you but they can't stop you big bruh out
6: hi this is mark carrier and you're listening to infinite banter
2: we have one more remix here from the Midnight Express album. Again, Griffin Scorsese. Check them out, insubordinaterecords.com. Follow them on social media. But this one right here, Death on Smoky Mountain. I said in the interview, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's kind of a sleeper joint. You're not really expecting it. And next thing you know, it slaps you right in the face. <laughs> this one right here is just real soulful. I love this record, man. It's It's a classic right off the bat. And this is a remix version of that. So. I'm dying to hear this is the first time I'm hearing it. I'm debuting it with you guys, man. This is a, this is essential right here to do something like this. So big up to these guys for giving these exclusive remixes. Go cop that merch. Get those socks, get that vinyl. But right here, the death on Smoky Mountain remix from the Midnight Express album Griffin Scorsese, Bringing it to you, that exclusive shit on the Infinite Bancher podcast. What? You
3: ain't gonna get your
6: hands off this.
3: Man. If I'm not yeah. all flying I'm with the stick top My wrist crossed, cross. colder than well, December in the Arctic Mr. Sargue, I'm, so so I'm so sunning you, I'm you, you stuck well, in you 20s where you yeah. wanted and to Keep the hook. flavor, I'm on the grind 4-4 four, four and plus a couple acres Faith, that's the mustard seed I spit disease, the human leper Living weapon, twin magic you mobile Mobella, bitch A bird fly 11 for shiny carrots Ride the carrots. Cell of death twirling Duck and dodge just where you feel The devil's breath Fingers glance Trapezius Still remain chameleon My thinking hitting Mercury 7 My curse is majestic Do the math, You a cock pussy. pussy Michael canella's That <laughs> bitch Love the snakes And Tina Morella You wrestle with the fact You worthless A paragraph Is furnace Scar your epidermis Searing words they like a sermon Holy water on you Heathers Best believe Stumble drunk Inside arenas <laughs> Still capture gold ball Larry O'Briens, Stanley Cups from Nagasaki to Manny Young, who gives a fuck, drum samples and snares, get the fisticuffs and venomous, rest in peace Black Mama Gigi, believe me. I don't know when it's gonna happen, I don't know where it's gonna happen, I don't know exactly what's
6: worth, but I do know what's gonna happen. You're gonna look at the face of fear, and you're gonna look at it just like it's staring from a mirror. You're gonna see what that
3: yeah. looks I'm like, brother. Right? am my four corners i probably split it till I fold tarnish I never tarnish Watch me live it past the physics I spit it from my daughter's hell And my cousin laws have his But fuck it, keep trying to get it. My homes we own Clearance. God for the incoherent reverence, channel, hear no handle, belittle me. No, not talking new, little me. Fire has it. Tie, hit the gas like ass and pass, master, it back to traffic. Ride the magic, had to blast it. Ooh, Lord, I'm serious. Pound like back in business. My 97 C's getting tracks, but I still hear it. I feel like, feel like me, cause ain't a better settled spirit. in life, you got to learn to walk the path, and then you're filming I clearly. Terry, I Terry. It's, a it's for my folks, they in the back. We work to fill the braids. It ain't a dollar in my pocket. We ain't grinding. You know what I mean? at the face of fear. And then you're gonna look at the referee. Because when the heavenly bodies are on top.
6: you're gonna look at that referee and you're gonna say please referee please stop the
5: match please pull him off of us please don't let this card going any longer
2: make sure you check out my friends at the bloody babbles podcast
5: hey there friends interested in another podcast to listen to between episodes well here in luck come check out bloody babbles podcast we are a gaggle of babblers who talk of true crime and other gory wonderment new episodes are released every tuesday and you can find us on spotify Apple Podcasts, and Everywhere podcast are streamed. Happy babbling, my friends.
6: Yes,
2: good. You are listening to the Infinite Benter Podcast. Listen, turn it up. Oh, I'm afraid the podcast will be quite operational when your ears arrive. Yes, listen, do it. Do it now crank up the power unlimited power do it time for you to leave assholes all right that's it for me kirk Acevedo told me it's time to go and that is exactly what i'm going to do i wish he would have told me that when i was watching that awful debate last night told me to turn the tv off and go hang out with the family eat some ice cream I actually did. After that was over with, I was like, you know what? I need some cake and ice cream. We had some in the fridge. I needed something good. Something nice. Something to remind me <laughs> of a better time. I can't I can't do it. I don't know why I'm doing it now. I just Ugh, that dude. He that's what he does, man. He gets to you and he knows it and he lives there. And he hangs out, kicks his shoes off, and just, ew, can't wait for him to get out of here. Go cop that Griffin Scorsese album. Big up to these guys. Midnight Express. It is a straight banger. I can't say it more than 100 times. I'll say it another 100. Go get it. I got the CD here. I posted it on Instagram. You can check out the pictures of it. Check out links. Find them on social media. I am Jason Griff on Instagram and Jihad Scorsese on Instagram as well for both of these dudes. Insubordinate Records.com. You can find them on Bandcamp. A lot of merch, a lot of ways to hear the record. Just really, really good. If you listen to both of these episodes they were on, you probably heard like 50% of the album. So (laughs) there you go. If you didn't like it after hearing that, if you're undecided, you're not sure, you know, kind of like voting, you're not sure what to do, then you've got some other things to figure out in your life. That's all I have to say. So once again, shout out to these dudes. 50 episodes. Man, this is exciting. I can't believe it. I did 50 of these damn things. Big up to everybody who's helped me with this show. I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate everybody who's going to help me with the next episodes. And on the next one, I promise I'm going to talk about the new Public Enemy album. They're back on Def Jam and that new Paris. We need these kind of artists right now in these times of just pure, like, lunacy, and democracy is being shattered before our very eyes. Find the show, Infinite Banter, on all digital platforms. Usual places, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Castro, now on Anchor, iHeartRadio, you know, the places you find stuff. It's there. Follow the show on Twitter, at InfiniteBanter infinite banter podcast on instagram facebook as well go to youtube watch clips so many guests so little time but go to youtube they're, they're only a minute long if you want to go back and listen to an episode like i asked you to do that's fine go to youtube go watch a 55 second clip of cool kim talking about the umcs or cool rock ski talking about his favorite fat boy song go back there and listen and then you might want to come back and listen to the whole episode so i appreciate everybody for listening to the show Big up to Griffin Scorsese. Can't wait to watch the Cubs. They're back in the playoffs. Let's go. Let's beat the Marlins. Something happy to think about. Cubs are in the playoffs. Even the White Sox. Shout out to them. Chicago, we're repping things. Bears are 3-0. Happy things to talk about instead of that idiot and what was happening on your TVs last night. All right, I'm out of here. (laughs) Check me out on the next episode. You have to laugh through the pain, man infinite banter 50 episodes deep in this what do you know about that you do know about that cause i'm telling you about it all right that's it To the next one i'm out
3: hey asshole get off the road being on the infinite
4: banner with my man mark has been a pleasure